0: Not yet. No. Morning, Yeah, welcome everybody to small bites. I'm Donato Marino with D and L being the barista service. And joining us is the one and only Derek Tim. And see,
1: I thought you were gonna say John Howard Fusco.
0: Well, you first and John second.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the one and only is John. I'm just a regular person, Don.
0: I'll take that back then.
1: (laughs) Well, it's good to see you, Don and John. Uh, I guess the big news this week was uh, winning
2: an award. Yeah,
0: how about
2: that? Yeah, pretty nice stuff. Hey, Derek.
1: Uh, We won the Arts and Entertainment category in Metro Philadelphia. And uh, it was an honor. They really did a nice write-up.
0: And they should have.
1: That's the way, Don. I like that (laughs) Uh, authority. (laughs) Don (laughs) demands it as they should have.
0: (laughs) But But, it's really great that uh, we got that honor. Uh, Yeah. I don't don't know who's sitting there voting for us, but uh, whoever they are, thank you. Keep, uh, as I
1: say in presidential elections, vote early and vote often.
2: (laughs) 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 Exactly right.
1: (laughs) Uh, But the show would not be as as successful as it is without the wonderful John Howard Fusco. So why don't you tell us what's going on, John?
2: All right, so we're going to start off the evening by talking about SIN, all right? And when I mean by SIN, I mean the new Italian steakhouse that's open in Northern Liberty is called SIN. Uh, They just opened last week. SIN is actually an acronym for Steak Italian Nightlife. And the menu features Italian American cuisine. They have a full bar and they have live entertainment. But according to Eater Philly, this is a restaurant first, so bring your appetite. Try their signature chicken and parm, or maybe go for that thirty-two ounce tomahawk steak that looked pretty good. So again, that's Sin. This is a new uh, uh, Italian steakhouse that has opened in Northern Liberties.
1: But before we go any further, I don't know if you knew this, John, because Don is the socialite of Philadelphia. Don actually went to the preview. And I tell Did you, you now?
0: Yeah, I tell you, it was very well put together. You walk it, in, it's like uh, walking into a five-star uh, restaurant before you're even served. Yeah, uh, I mean. You feel w- special going in there. Um, everybody was dressed to, to impress. Uh, the drinks, they had signature uh, Manhattans. Uh, that were called the Sin Manhattan and a regular Sin drink. And uh, amongst other drinks, but they're the ones that we happen to enjoy. Um, so, but the, yeah, they had their, their meatballs. They had uh, uh, tuna tartar. So everything was very well done, clean, very well polished.
1: Oh, see, the Don was a, a, up and around town, John. There
2: you go. I mean, from what I could tell, it looked like the place definitely had a vibe, as the kids would say.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, I think they were trying to get into the old fashioned. Yeah. I don't even think time. the
1: kids say anything these days. J- uh, I think they just TikTok it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right.
1: <laughs> so, what else is uh, happening, John?
2: Let's talk about uh, Bar Leisure. This is a newest venture from Michael Schulson. This is a straight-ahead French cafe that opened last week on Sanders Street. Right above Schulzen's Giuseppe & Sons Restaurant, which actually means it's on ground floor because Giuseppe and Sons, of course, is a floor below. It's in the basement, <laughs> essentially. So uh, the menu includes such items as steak frites and butter poached lobster and then sauce American. So it's it's unapologetically French. Just opened last week. Again, the the look inside the restaurant looks immaculate. So try this out, Bar Leisure, uh, on Samson Street. Well, this Uh, is
1: fun because this is two in a row. I I know someone who works in the Scholzim Collective. We're going to do like a back in the day, a Q102 shout out. Michael Parisi, I'm sure you're involved with that. Great job, buddy. Q one or two shoutouts? You like that, John?
2: Nice. There you go. <laughs> I love I love synergy. You know what? <laughs>
1: Continue. I'm sorry, I'm just interrupting you left That's and right, right. tonight.
2: <laughs> no problem. Um, we've heard a lot about restaurants that have been closing least recently in Philadelphia, but one restaurant that has returned is the Royal Tavern. Uh, this is a well loved bar restaurant in Val Vista that reopened after more than being being closed for more than three years. And according to Philly Mag, their beloved burger is back as well. So check out Royal Tavern. Open back again in Bella Vista. Uh, Over on the Jersey side, uh, our friend Marilyn Johnson at South Jersey Food Team let us know that Sasa Bien Afro-Caribbean Cajun and Soul Food Restaurant in Marlton will be having their soft opening on Thursday, November 30th. Now, they have been food vendors for more than than 15 years uh, in the South Jersey region. This will be their first brick-and-mortar restaurant, so look forward to that. Again, November 30th, soft opening for Sasa Bien. And I want to leave you with a couple of food items that have been kind of floating around and people have been talking about. Just kind of want to get your feeling on these. First of all, we ought to talk about Wawa pizza. Have you had it? Are you going to try it? What do you think?
1: Listen, John, I'm creeping to 50. When I was in my early 20s and it was 3 a.m. in the morning and I had a half a load on, without a doubt. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But surprisingly I've been actually hearing good things about it So I may actually have to try it So we'll see
1: (laughs) I've heard it hasn't been going well for them
2: (laughs) Yeah I know I mean I still see people going Wawa, pizza, Oh, I don't know So yeah (laughs) Now The the other thing I want to talk to you about Because this this one is even even Better Have you guys heard about the soft pretzel turkey?
1: Oh yeah Yeah. Langhorn Philly pretzel factory Went viral
2: Yes, exactly. It's the only one that's doing it. So don't go to your local Philly pretzel factory and think you're going to get it. It's only happening in Langhorne, but evidently it's, this has become a big thing. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I got for this time around. So follow me on Twitter and Instagram at eating as Jersey, as well as South Jersey food scene website and Facebook page, hopefully posting more stuff in the new year. And uh, hope you guys have a wonderful holiday season. If we don't talk between now and then uh, again, you know, enjoy the holiday time.
1: Thank That's you very great, John. much, John. Wonderful report as you usual.
2: All right, guys, take care. Have a good evening.
1: Thank Happy you. Thanksgiving, pal. Yep. So Don, uh, talking about staying hip, we've got a really fun guest lined up. It's sick. eats cooking smarter, friendly recipes with a side of science and joining us is none other than Jeremy Sheck. How's it going, Jeremy? Good. How are you? We are wonderful. So uh, you have wrote this book. I like how it says with a side of science, but sometimes science is tough to chew.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I try to make it as accessible as possible, and I just like the scientific aspect to... Um, sort of help people um, understand what they're doing and why they're doing in the kitchen. Because I think a lot of times when you're following a recipe, you might follow it and it's like following a GPS and you arrive at your destination, but then you don't really remember how you got there. That's and so, me. Uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. So if you know why you're doing things, um, I just think you learn better and you'll actually like take away the technique. And if you're already an experienced cook, you might have been noticing like certain things happening when you cook for decades, but not really have the language. Like why does cast iron cook more thoroughly than stainless steel, things like that. Um, And I actually explain it in really simple language. That's great. I like that. Thank
0: you. How about you, Don? Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting. I would definitely keep you more focused.
3: Yeah,
1: I mean, it's sometimes, like you said, it, it's you've done it for a million years, but you've never thought of the why. You just have been told to do it, but you don't know why you're doing it. So uh, let's dig a little deeper. Why did you write the book in the first place?
3: So I had the idea when I was a freshman in college, because I was getting ready for my first apartment the following year and thinking about like, what are the essential recipes that everyone should know how to make? And so I was thinking like, you need to be able to feed yourself. So maybe some pasta recipes some breakfast things. Um, and I wanted to have recipes that were realistic for a student on um, a weekday Um or a busy mom or someone who's working full-time, but also special enough that like, if you were bringing it to a dinner party or hosting your own, uh, it would still be like good enough and not just like, oh, I just slapped this together. So it's kind of a combination of being very accessible with low barriers to entry, not a ton of random ingredients, Uh, If I ask you to get one ingredient, I'm going to use it in more than one recipe. Um, But also still trying to find ways to make sure that we touch on all of the notes of flavor and texture and um, really make things feel special, even if they're easy.
1: So Hmm. in the book, you've called what's called the uh, uh, culinary literacy. What are the building blocks of what you call culinary literacy?
3: Well, I think that's about um, kind of what the science helps with, which is understanding why you're doing certain things. So if you look at a recipe, instead of just seeing... Uh, random steps, you'll see, okay, this recipe is a braising recipe. And so that's going to have the same structure no matter what I'm doing. And then you can look at that recipe and say, okay, well, if I don't have short ribs, maybe I can use brisket or pork butt and it will be uh, kind of the same thing either way. And so I try to actually write the recipes in a way that it's obvious that you can do all those things. So I will suggest other things that you can make with it. I even have sections that are kind of more general and it's like about the technique instead of just the recipe itself. Um, Because I want people, I always say with my book, like if you follow the recipe exactly, it's going to be delicious. But if you also just kind of get the gist of it, um, it should also still be delicious.
1: Without a (laughs) doubt. And also it goes into why does the science matter and into cooking smarter. And uh, I mean, Don, you know, just as well as anyone in the business world, it it said over and over and over again, work smarter, not harder. It's the same thing in cooking. Correct, Jeremy?
3: Yes, for sure.
1: Because Don, you you don't want somebody who's uh, in, in the coffee industry and it's taken him three hours to figure out all he needed to do was clean a filter, right? right. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> Amen to that.
1: <laughs> what the hell's going on here? Uh, but as far as what would you say, especially during the busy holiday season, there's a lot of options out there. Of uh, We've got a million cookbooks on the shelf now and, uh, we want to make sure that people are purchasing this book instead of everyone else's. What's your sales pitch of why someone should buy this book over any others for a holiday gift this year?
3: Yeah, I think it's the perfect gift for anyone who is kind of starting out for the first time in a new apartment because it has um, a lot of information on like w- what you should stock your kitchen with and how... Uh, you should shop, but it's also, so any kind of beginner, whether it's a graduate or someone going into their first dorm, it can be kind of for that demographic, but it's also really nice for um, busy moms and professionals. Because when I had a blog version of this sort of concept, it was college specific, but the feedback I was getting is actually like, I'm a mom or something. And these are really helpful because my recipes are really designed to be sort of fail proof. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that like, say, you know, you try to have everything hot at the same time for a dinner party, or maybe even if it's just a family dinner, but then someone has soccer practice, and they need to eat an hour later. Um, and you want to keep things nice and warm. Um, my recipe is like, I do a lot of bone-in skin on chicken thighs. Like the cover recipe is date butter roasted chicken thighs and they're so good. And you just can't overcook it because it's like bone-in skin on. Or even the honey lemon chicken, which is a very popular recipe. It's one that my brothers make, even though they're not the most gifted cooks. Um, <laughs> it's it's chicken breast or tenders. And it that is notoriously easy to get really dry but it cooks in the sauce so even if you need to kind of keep warm for an extra hour or two it will stay good so i really try to make everything super flexible um and um you're just not going to be able to mess it up too easily
1: that's great and i like one of the pieces of advice in the book and i wish this would really be pushed upon anybody.
0: Hello. Derek. Oh, we must have lost Derek. Jeremy, you still there? Oh, I'm you're still there, Don? here. Uh, yeah, you didn't paid it the out
1: for a little bit, oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, it's just high technology, Don. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. So I don't know uh, which part we didn't hear, but I wanted to say one of the things that I really enjoyed in the cookbook that i really wish more people would do and i think it should be a requirement uh, when you buy fruits and vegetables i'm not trying to give away all the secrets in your book but it's very important to wash the outside of all fruits and vegetables even if you don't eat the outside and you give the reason being like avocados and pineapples and melons uh i'll let you explain the why but It's one of those things that I'm surprised a large majority of people don't do it. And I'm surprised with food safety, it's at least not like a notice on things that you should do it.
3: For sure. So I have a whole section in the book called Don't Kill Yourself or Don't Poison Yourself uh, Food Safety 101. And um, it just explains a lot of things. And honestly, this is like one of the last mentions because there's a lot of things that I think are a little bit, um, you know, more risky or more like or less obvious. But, you know, you might not think you should wash your watermelon. And am I am I going to sit here and say that like every single time I have some sort of fruit that I'm not eating the peel of? Am I thoroughly scrubbed? Like I try. But, you know, you never know how dirty the anything in the chain of Like production was like, you know, it's sitting in dirt and there can be uh, feces in the dirt. Uh, Then it's going on trucks and in containers and touching a bunch of hands and you don't know who washed their hands. And then it's at the grocery store and then any random person or kid with sticky hands can pick it up. So, uh, and then even though you're not eating the outside, once your knife kind of touches the outside and goes in, you're still kind of like contaminating the inside if there are actually some sort of germs on it so um
1: well not only that too think about when you go to the grocery store and we'll we'll give cantaloupe as the perfect example i can't count the many how many times i've seen the person in front of me pick up one put it to their nose their nose is on the darn thing pick up another sure. one twirl it around that right there you've got to take it home and watch that puppy yeah, <laughs> yeah. As soon as that knife cuts through the surface, as, as, as you said, that knife is picking up every single piece of virus or bacteria and then pushing it all the way through the rest of that melon or whatever you're cutting
3: into. Yeah, for sure.
1: So I really uh, like that aspect of the book and whether it's the science or not, it's really a message that needs to get out there more importantly as an industry as a whole. Uh, One of the other things that really impressed me with the entire book as well. uh, I don't know. It's just uh, this younger generation, Don, they're so darn savvy. You took all the pictures for the entire book.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Um, So I have always been interested in photography and um, it was really a awesome experience to be able to take the pictures. And um, I had a wonderful team of food stylists and prop stylists that made the food look so beautiful for the photos that it was kind of impossible to screw it up. Um, <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was cool. And my grandma also illustrated the book. So it was really like a team effort and um, yeah
1: that's great i mean that's i mean kudos to you pal the, the, the book's fantastic and i would have never guessed in a million years that uh, you were the jack of all trades you wrote the recipes you did the science uh, you wrote did the tips and you're putting the photography in as well. I mean, do you have a printing press at home too? Did you, did you actually <laughs> bind the books as well? <laughs> that, 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 was that was
3: handled by Harper Collins. Luckily.
1: <laughs> but we were joking a little earlier with our uh, correspondent, John Howard uh, Fusco uh, about TikTok. Uh, he made a comment. We sort of said, ah, the younger generation, they don't do this or that. It's, it's all on TikTok." but good golly. You've really taken TikTok to a whole nother level. I mean, you're considered what they saw a a TikTok superstar, uh, a culinary phenom. I mean, uh, uh, what was it that do you think your brand or your message made you so popular on that uh, platform?
3: Well, I went in with like a pretty concerted effort. Like I knew what I wanted to do with TikTok and it was that I had this book idea a couple of years before I started doing it. I knew that it was really hard to get a book deal. And so I wanted to uh, grow an audience and give similar tips and make accessible recipes that people would like with my sense of humor as well. And, um, and I, that's what I wanted out of it. And so I'm really happy that it worked out. Um, but uh, the thing that people don't understand about uh, TikTok, and we get like a lot of uh, undeserved flack for this, but like we are, you know, we are writing recipes, doing research, filming, editing. Uh, we're replacing an entire like production crew. Um and doing it like as one person most of the time and so um yeah i don't know hey, i think don't worry very- about that
1: jeremy D- don can confirm with me uh, there was a time back in the day when people looked at other people that you shouldn't have a phone with touch tone that rotary was the way to go huh don yeah, it sure <laughs> <was>. <laughs> I mean, yeah, technology's always going to change, whether you're spinning your finger on the on the phone or you're pushing the button and hearing a beep, beep, beep. There's always going to be pushback, but you have to adapt, and you have done exactly that. You've you, you found what the current trends are, what the market is looking for, and you don't have to defend yourself. You've embraced it. You've done a fantastic job. Uh, you're personable, and the book is is fantastic so congratulations to you jeremy i mean i've really enjoyed talking to you uh please stay in touch uh, i hope you uh let us know of any of your future endeavors but we want everybody to go out check out uh shex eats cooking smarter friendly recipes with a side of science uh, it, it it was so much fun talking to you jeremy please before you go Share a social media website or anything like that for the audience.
3: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. My uh, social media on TikTok and Instagram is at uh, Shuck Eats, which is S C H E C K E A T S. That's S C H E C K E A T S. And my website is SheckEats.com.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much, pal. Have a great
0: night. Thanks, you too. Have a good night, Jeremy. That
3: was fun, Don. That was great.
0: I'd- that especially washing the fruit people just don't realize and he brought it up to a great example of people touching it and and you don't know where their hands have been or what they've been doing before they even t- you know got to the fruit no
4: you
5: know,
0: sir but uh talking about a good
1: meal every good meal needs a good drink doesn't it don it sure does a few of them sometimes And we have a wonderful guest to join us. His name is Steve Luttman. He's with Hercules Mulligan Rum and Rye. And uh, this is a really nice brand, I have to say. And uh, you've personally tasted them themselves, haven't you, Don?
0: Yes, I have. But before we
1: get to your experience, Don, let's welcome Steve and uh hear what they're about and then we'll have you jump in as soon as steve's done to talk about your experience don okay
0: how's it going hey, steve? steve Going how good. Are you doing
6: good hey don how are you doing great steve good okay. to see you the other day yeah likewise likewise and uh thanks for having me on and uh appreciate uh uh yeah appreciate you uh let me tell a little bit of a story about hercules mulligan rum and rye and and a little bit of a history uh thing so thanks for having me on yep um yeah so i'll I'll tell you guys a little bit about uh i mean my background i come from the food background i worked in you know everything from ice cream in europe to uh pasta sauces and in brazil and and here in the u.s and um what do you pick a different type of food variety for each country yeah i you know what (laughs) i uh i i like to travel through my food and my drink without ever leaving home you know that's always the feel (laughs) so i used to have a distillery in brazil i created a brand called LeBlanc, um which um uh was about 2005 and then in 2017 i uh i read the book hamilton and discovered this character named hercules mulligan i'm a history guy so i love history he's a hobby he's a passion and that's um uh the the author ron Chernow told me about an out-of-print book from 1937 by Michael O'Brien, you know, an Irish-American priest. And I read that book, and that's where I discovered the story of Hercules Mulligan, um, was an Irish-American immigrant, 18th century, uh, came to New York in 1746, best friends with Alexander Hamilton, had a tailor shop in lower Manhattan on what was Queen Street, now Pearl Street. Uh, And when the war broke out, um his tailor shop was about a block from british headquarters and um you know he's a very gregarious charismatic irishman and the um you know the british officers would hang out there all the time it was almost like a social club um and hercules mulligan would you know was very hospitable and would serve them uh drinks and you know they would smoke etc and uh you know the drink of the day was uh rum but as you know the boycott uh and whatnot so that's really where uh rye started being made um so mixing rum and rye together and we took some um some creative liberty and added to our drink um uh ginger and bitters uh to make it uh, a little more interesting but uh, you know i discovered this i wasn't a playwright like uh, Lynn manuel miranda i'm a you know a food spirits uh creator so i said okay sounds like an interesting idea so i launched during the pandemic, um, our first product, which is rum and rye. Uh, and we were, you know, just selling online direct to consumer, the first two, two and a half years, and it did really well. Consumers liked it a lot. Uh, and, um, and then we, uh, just recently just started rolling out in the past year to other markets, uh, uh, throughout the country. So we're in about, you know, direct to consumer online. We can ship to 44 States and then, uh, we are in stores, uh, about 35 states in regular stores throughout the country, bars and whatnot. So that's in a nutshell, the story is, uh, you know, rum and rye is a uh, ready to serve, high proof, 86 proof um, craft cocktail in a, in a, in a bottle. Um, it's a blend of three different rums, three different ryes, our own bespoke um, uh, bitters. And the, 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 the star of the show really is the fresh ginger maceration um and uh it, it's an interesting product uh, you know you just pour it over the rocks you drink it um you know you can do naughty stuff with it i mean you can have it uh in a high ball you can have it with tonic you can put it in a hot toddy. you can have it in your coffee but it's really designed to drink it uh on the rocks um and uh and then we recently launched an irish mri which is a, a blend of two irish whiskeys with rye whiskies and Maraschino cherry bitter. So that's kind of, uh, you know, the the rum and rye is kind of a ginger whiskey meets an old fashioned. With uh, Irish and rye is 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 more of a, um, uh, you know, an Irish American Manhattan, if you will. Nice, nice. Yeah.
1: And uh, Don, you you were able to partake in some of these libations.
0: I I, I enjoyed the uh, the rum and rye. Is really off the hook. Put a little bit of uh, an orange slice and squeeze a little bit of the, the orange zest into it makes a really nice old fashioned.
1: Nice. Yeah. So we're saying that these products are available online nationally yeah. in 35 States, including Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Uh, okay. And in Pennsylvania, the added thing is you're in the state stores and that's a big deal. Yes.
6: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're in we're in uh, what they call Zone One state stores in the, in the Philly and Pittsburgh area. Um, we're also with PA Libations if you if you're familiar with the store in the Reading Terminal and Shady Side in Pittsburgh, great yeah. store. So we're in there as well. And on the, in New Jersey, um, we're we're in the Totals and um, you know we're we're you know it's 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 different market as you know is what we call an open market. So there's a lot of independent retailers there. So we're we're in quite a few places on the Jersey side. So what would you say,
1: I mean, because anybody can go into a a Total Wine or even a state store, Uh, there's a lot of competition. Uh, How were you able to separate yourself in such a crowded market in such Mm -hmm. a short amount of time? I mean, to me, that's the impressive part of this story is uh you said you started in the pandemic and from the pandemic it's not an easy task to get in the PA state stores that that's a a paperwork nightmare all on its own
6: yeah it's hard distributions i mean it's a very competitive market and uh you know you know the key is just to come out with something different you know white space come out with something different that people want uh with great quality so i mean during the pandemic we all got you know, locked up for for a year or two, uh, and that's when we realized um, we didn't know how to make craft cocktails at home, and many of us didn't even want to. So, you know, instead of you know, most most ready to drink or ready, to, this is really a ready to serve. It's not a ready to drink. It's you know, a multi serve bottle. It's a seven fifty. So that's uh, where
1: the idea sort of brainstormed was. The pandemic hit, and you were like, you know what? we really need to have a cocktail that, that stepped it up. And I think many people were in that category because you couldn't go anywhere. And, and, and like you said, I mean, it's a pain sometimes to mix a whole bunch of different things here, that little splash of that, a twirl of this and to, to have it all ready. That's, that was truly the secret sauce. You think?
6: Oh, totally. And, and you know what, um, everything that's out there is, 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 is kind of, it's got like these flavors in them that are, okay, they they might be artificial or they might be natural, but they're not coming from, you know, anything natural in the, in, in the foodie world. And you just taste them and they, they're very, um, uh, you know, cloying and, and, and sugary. So we, we want to, you know, we have no flavors in it. Well, you know, there's a very dirty word in the uh, in the food industry uh, called womp. Which is uh, with other natural flavors. Whenever you see that on the product, that's 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 code for IFF International Food uh, 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 Flavors is going in there. And uh, I didn't want any of that. I didn't want any flavors. So th- this is a real mastication of real ginger, our own real bitters, and exactly what it says on the label: rum, rye whiskey, ginger, and bitters. It's and
1: real fruit. ginger. It's real I mean, stuff. yeah. Let's right. be honest. That is some powerful stuff, and. Uh, When you can mix ginger in and it's fresh ginger and it's done well, good golly. Uh, I'll admit that I have not had any of your product yet, but after listening to you, I really need to give it a try because like you said, fresh ginger done correctly is is a game changer.
6: Well, this is interesting. When when I first made the product, I did it in in my kitchen here with a couple of buddies of mine and it was pretty good uh and then i um i'm good friends with uh with the guys over at flaviar i don't know if you know the whiskey club uh, you know global a guy named grisha soba and he and i and my uh, other partner mary montz has a distillery upstate new york and in, and uh and in erie pennsylvania we spent the weekend and all we started all we worked on is blending the rums and branding lebris we have a phenomenal uh, French Guyana, Demerara rum, we have a Jamaican black, we have a Puerto Rican aged. Spent an enormous amount of time on the base. And then we put the ginger in and it was great, but it still wasn't, you know, I, I remember looking over at Grisha and he goes, yeah, it's missing something on the nose. And I knew exactly what, I was using dry ginger at that point. And it was just like, we need the fresh stuff. We need a fresh maceration. And, you know, at that scale, fresh maceration of of ginger is, um very difficult uh, but fortunately i have a friend in brooklyn named josh morton uh that all he does is macerate uh ginger and alcohol so i went to him and and he does he does our maceration for us today right in in, in uh in brooklyn because he really he has a great operation handling fresh ginger so it, it came out a you know, very iterative process i think we had about 13 batches um, and even after we launched, you know, being on the Flaviar in that community, people are very, um, opinionated and, and we got a lot of feedback in terms of, you know, what, what, how, how the balance didn't make it better. Well, that's great. I mean, talk about,
1: they say timing is everything and the right person at the right time. Uh, you had the timing, you had the, uh, atmosphere of people wanting to have uh, nice cocktails at home due to the pandemic and they didn't want to mix a whole bunch of things together. So uh, it was sort of the perfect storm for you, pal. I mean, there's no other really way to put it. And you had the right people in place with the know-how and the knowledge and the tools to get it done. And uh, uh, great job. Great job. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, now the, the real challenges. Obviously, you've met Don, uh, but Steve, did you know that Don owns a tavern? Have Is this product in
0: Terry's 2? No, not, I did not know that. Yeah, not as of yet, but it was. <laughs> See, but Don no, didn't is. put that part out, did he? Well, it is, You can't find it in the uh, regular uh, wine and spirit shop. You have to go to... The, the, I haven't had a chance to get to the one downtown yet. Oh, uh, see now he's they giving excuses, product. Steve. Not
6: excuse, it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it. They, well, Don, where's your place? Where's your tavern?
0: It's uh, in Fallcroft, PA. Okay. Forty-one okay.
6: Chester Pike, Fallcroft. Okay. And, uh, Terry's okay. two. Got it. Got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what? We can get PI labations uh, to bring it over because they, they um um I'm sure uh they, they can bring it and and sell directly to you in Pennsylvania. Okay. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at
1: that. Well, can they bring it directly to my house? (laughs) (laughs)
6: There
1: we go. But I have to tell you, Steve, uh, I really appreciate you joining us. Uh, Yeah, great to meet you. Behind the scenes, uh, we appreciate you even more. You know know the reason why tonight. the, the product is wonderful. Don really raved about it. As, uh, as soon as he was done uh, meeting you, you guys and had the product, he, uh, he reached right out to us and he said, listen – They need to be on small bites everyone needs to know about hercules mulligan rum and rye it was fantastic and i i know don for many many years and uh when it comes to libations don's usually spot on so if he can spot a good drink and he's excited about a new product on the market Uh, It's always a pleasure to uh, talk to talk to them. So uh, Steve Lutman, Hercules Mulligan, Rum and Rye. uh, Please share social media, a website or any other information you want to share
6: before you go, pal. Sure, sure. Um, So you can order us online. Go to www.herculesmulligancompany.com. You can go on to our social media handles the same. And if any of your listeners want to send me an email, I'm at steve at h mulligan Awesome. Uh, and and thanks, uh, guys you guys got the on. rum and
1: rye and the uh, Irish and rye. Some great products. Have a great night. You too. Cheers. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks. See, Cheers. Take Cheers. care. See you, Don. Take care. All right,
1: bye-bye. So Don, we're just going to uh, naturally, we're just going to flow into just having one or two possible choices of drinks. And we're going to have, that every cocktail has a twist and have the ability to master 25 classic drinks and craft more than, get this, done—not ten, not 10, not 20, not 100, craft more than 200 variations because every cocktail has a twist, pal, and we're thrilled to welcome Carrie Jones and John McCarthy uh, to talk about this new book. How's it going tonight?
7: Thanks for having us, we're happy to be here.
0: Hi there.
1: Thank you. We are thrilled. So what we'll do is uh, we'll go back and forth, uh, this way no one has to talk over each other. Uh, We'll start with uh, Carrie, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Carrie? And then after you're done, well, we definitely want to hear about you as well, John. You'll hop in <laughs> and uh, f- then fight it over of uh, how the book came about.
7: <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so I'm a food, wine, and spirits writer. Um, I've been in this career for about 15 years, and cocktails have always been an interest and a specialty. Um, so I'm the we're, we're husband and wife, and I'm the writing side of this equation. Um And John is the cocktail side.
8: I uh, was working in New York City running bars and working with brands for a long time. And I was working this one bar and this uh, woman came in because she knew the chef and wanted to check out the cocktails. And then she wrote a review about it. Uh, And I guess uh, she liked the drinks a little bit because here we are married.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so we've been (laughs)
7: collaborating on uh, cocktail writing for about 10 years now. Um, We had a... Recipe column um, for Food and Wine magazine's website for a long time, called Liquor Cabinet Roulette, which was a lot of fun. Um, That turned into our first book, uh, Be Your Own Bartender, in twenty eighteen, and now we have Every Cocktail Has a Twist.
1: Nice. Now, Carrie, Um, admit was it that John had a heavy pour? That that was (laughs) it (laughs) that. (laughs)
7: <laughs> the joke is that the cocktails were so good, I married him. And we say it's, it's mostly a joke.
1: <laughs> Most. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's one quality uh, concoction you're making there of a cocktail yeah. in order to, to really wow someone and then turn it into a marriage. We haven't heard that uh, story often on the show. Actually, this might be the first time. Don, I, yeah, this-
0: <laughs> I think so. Love potion number nine. <laughs> <There> <laughs> <you> <laughs>
1: There you go. But uh, yeah, I mean, you guys uh, really, really fantastic book. You're able to shake up your cocktail routine, really nice, easy to follow guide. Uh, And what this does is that when you're at home, sometimes you just wanna mix things up and have a user-friendly collection that gives you all the tools you need to create delicious new concoctions. And it sort of flips back to our previous guest, Steve Lutman, with Hercules Mulligan Rum and Rye. Was That's how his uh, came about, was during COVID, uh, people were struggling to come up with ways to have a quality uh, cocktail. Uh, so it, it seems as though it's timely, and this is something that... Uh, it's sort of a trend nowadays that people want to have a nice cocktail, but at the same time, they either want to entertain at home or just do it themselves.
7: I think that's really true. I think that we've always tried to really approach the home bartender where they're at. There are some cocktail books that are kind of filled with obscure ingredients and equipment and want you to have a home centrifuge and a dehydrator before you even get started mixing. And that's <laughs> You just mean everyone doesn't are. have that? Yeah. <laughs> we don't even have that and we're the pros. <laughs> so we think that with this book, um, by having 25 different classic cocktails, you can kind of pick something you already know. You know, you know if you're an old-fashioned drinker or a martini drinker. And if you start exploring the book from there, you have the advantage of knowing that you're probably gonna like the cocktails in that chapter because it's a style you're familiar with, and being able to really master a classic and then build from there is a great way to become a home bartender, even if you've never really done any bartending.
1: Yeah. Now, John, you being the mixologist, uh, where did the balance, the delicate balance come when you were trying to perfect how much of each ingredient to put in? Because just like food, uh, a cocktail is very similar. Everyone's palate is different. So, uh, a little bit of alcohol for one person can be overpowering compared to some people. You can, you can have a double, triple they or like, oh, it's not strong enough. Uh, wh- where did that balance come in for you, uh, to know yeah. this is what we should put in the book? Well,
8: uh, what you said about, um, like when you're cooking, um, cause it really, it is about the balance. Um, you know, if it, it, I would say if somebody, you know, says, well, it's not strong enough, I would say we'll have two because this drink is balanced. So let's, yeah. you know, let's have a second balanced cocktail if you need uh, if you need a little bit more booze in there for you. Definitely. That, that's good advice. And
1: I, I don't <laughs> think, Don, I've, 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 uh, you've never disagreed with
8: that. Have another one.
0: No, not at all. What are <laughs> merrier at that time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but
8: I have but to we really then. focus on um, like a good cocktail as a balanced cocktail. Um, and when we're doing recipe development, it'll be like oh something's not right I, it's just not there and and then we'll we'll hit you know it, maybe it's a quarter ounce of lemon juice because it just needed a touch of like that that acidity to then bring all the ingredients into balance. And also what I
1: like is in the book, uh, Carrie, not only do you do a lot of the, the or maybe you did all of the writing but you've got a little bit of a comedic mind in here. The the, uh, I'll give an example of page 58, frozen daiquiris. I'm like, oh, what are they going to write about this? <laughs> Easy. No introduction needed. <laughs> <laughs> I got a chuckle out of that one.
7: <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, drinking, drinking should be fun. Um, we take the recipe development part seriously. But when you're making it at home and when you're having one, you should be having a good time. We don't need to give you the PhD level um, explanation of the daiquiri. We can do the, you know, we can do the 101 level, but then let you build your knowledge from there. So you should be having fun while you read and while you drink.
1: What was the difficult part for you uh, of writing the book?
7: Um, I think that. Something we really tried to do is even in a chapter where we have, say, 10 different Bloody Marys is really make sure they all have a distinct personality and a reason to be in the book. And so I think really dialing into those differences and really explaining why every cocktail is something we think is worthy of putting on the page um, was a challenge, but a fun challenge because it kind of expresses everything we're doing.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Now, uh, the big family get together is obviously this week. Uh, this is where, uh, everyone's either going to have a wonderful time or be thankful that they won't see the majority of the people for at least one more <laughs> year. I'll be the truth be told. Um, uh, What would you say, let's just, let's go with three of them. This way, every member of the family can be pleased. What's the perfect uh, Thanksgiving mixture? What's three good drinks that everyone should have at their Thanksgiving
8: feast?
7: All right. Great question. Um, We will actually start out with a cocktail that's a tribute to Jersey, um, and it's called the Monmouth Buck. Um, There's a spirit called Applejack. Um, that's been around since the colonial times and is, we think, one of the most underappreciated spirits out there. Um, it's essentially an apple brandy. And if you imagine, uh, if you imagine a bourbon that tastes like apples, that, that's not technically how it's made, but it's a lot Good. like that. And the number one company um, by leaps and bounds that's been around since the 18th century is Laird's, um, which is in Monmouth County and has been for centuries. So uh, the Monmouth Buck is just applejack with ginger ale, and then there's a, a lemon slice and a rosemary sprig. And so all those ingredients together just taste like fall in a glass, we say. Um, and it's easy. You just pour, pour and garnish. So that's a really easy drink to do watching football before dinner. It's not too boozy. It's just the right amount of boozy.
8: Yeah, it's Awesome. A nice highball. The, the key to that drink is with the rosemary. We call it with, with garnishes, uh, with herb garnishes, you have to activate them. So you, you put with the rosemary, you have to do it pretty hard. You put a rosemary in your palm and you slap it with your other hand and that will, um, Release um, the oils in the rosemary and, and get it really fragrant and aromatic for you. Very nice, very nice.
1: So, uh, John so being. That's one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um,
7: I think the the crayon is one um, that also just really has amazing flavors for Thanksgiving, and it's a it's a riff on a classic Manhattan. Um, but in addition to the rye and vermouth, we use 100% cranberry juice, not a cranberry juice cocktail. That's kind of sweet, but the stuff that's so tart, you almost can't drink it. But in a whole cocktail, um, it adds that great cranberry flavor while still being a pretty traditional whiskey based cocktail.
8: And the, the dryness of the cranberry and the dry spiciness of the rye really, uh, marry well together. It's fantastic. Awesome. Okay.
1: Last and but not three, least. not um, least, I,
7: I think that the Holly Jolly is a great one. Uh, we're going to bring cranberry back in here, but you know, it's Thanksgiving. I think everyone wants I them. I do
1: like the Holly Jolly because Thanksgiving, getting ready for the holiday season.
7: Exactly. Drink it, drink it for weeks and weeks. Um, this one <laughs> is, if you think of a lot of the flavors in a holiday relish. So it has um, cranberry. It also has ginger. It also has a little orange liqueur. Um, and it's a rum drink. So if you just think of having a lot of rum with all those great flavors, a cranberry, ginger, there's um, Angostura bitters, which give it a lot of spice. Um, but then the ginger ale just really brightens it up. And so that's that's a great one to make in big batches so everyone everyone can get a little jolly.
1: Awesome. Now, will any of these three be at your uh, gathering?
7: Well, it's the two of us and a toddler. So uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe one. Maybe
9: well,
1: the, one. the toddler will have all three. Yeah, we'll have He's all not well. picky. <laughs> <laughs> He'll take any of the above.
7: We got some but, apple juice for him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I do have a question, though, since uh, we have the experts with us. I have two bottles of uh, of alcohol sitting around. They're they're both about. 25 years old and various friends either tell me I need to throw it out immediately or the longer you keep it the better it will be one is jameson so i went to the jameson tour and they engrave your name they put the the year on it it's been about 25 years should that should i finally open it that up should i keep it longer or should I toss it
8: well definitely don't throw it away
9: <laughs> don't throw away <laughs>
8: don't throw away good good whiskey um, I would open it and taste it okay and I there's no reason why there should be anything wrong with it okay so but the it second one we
7: get better in the bottle either so it'll yeah, it'll, it sh- it'll be a fun little time capsule yeah,
8: yeah. Um, but there shouldn't be any aging or anything happening to it it should be good to go. Okay, because and you I, it, can send so, us some if you want. We can have we can. Well, compare. see, I was
1: going to save it for when my son graduated college. Oh, so, yeah. So It'll that's when back. that's when it's finally just yeah. gonna be cracked open. But a couple of people are like, "You got to get rid of that." I'm like, "Listen, it's been in there for twenty some years already." I'm going to ask the experts.
8: Yeah. <laughs> and it hasn't been. Oh, it hasn't been opened.
1: Nope, completely nope. sealed.
8: So there's no there, there's there's no there shouldn't be any evaporation happening. You,
1: you nope, should be good. It, it's still in there. Now, the second one, same thing. No evaporation, still completely sealed. I can admit this now because it's now legal in the States, but some absence was smuggled from Europe back here when it was right. illegal. What's he your take on that beverage? Everybody.
7: Um, absinthe is something that is so high alcohol that it's likely to be just fine, even more so than the whiskey. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no subtlety in absinthe. (laughs) It's just going
8: to hit you right in the gut.
7: Exactly. And,
8: you know, there's actually a trend these days of, um, bars seeking out, um, like antique spirits, like going and hunting for them and then and then serving them, like serving you a gin martini with gin from the 40s that they were able to find. Um, oh, well, if anyone's
1: listening and they um, want to negotiate, I'm ser- certainly down.
7: <laughs> you might want to check the secondary market price before you crack that one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: good idea. See, Don, this is why right, we bring right. the experts online with us.
8: Okay. Yeah. I have a bottle of Cuddy Sark from the 80s that I still haven't opened.
1: It it sounds like we just need to get together.
10: We'll have a good time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll just open everything up. It'll be a long night. You guys will obviously have to get a babysitter. I'll I'll just (laughs) have my son watch himself. Now, as far as uh, cocktails go... What would you say, John, uh, is the one cocktail that if you never had to make again, you wouldn't be sad? Because ev- every error has its drink, whether uh, I'm sure you know, the 90s had a drink, the 2000s, and now it's every single one has, has a goofy name. And whatever's hip, you're probably making a thousand of them a night. What's the one thing that if you never had to make again you wouldn't be sad?
8: Um, well, I was bartending when the Sex in the City movie came out in the aughts. And uh, when all the, the um the the girls would come into into Manhattan to go see the movie and, and do a ladies' night out. So I made a lot of cosmos, like a <laughs> lot of them. Um now I think I perfected the cosmo, even though the recipe is the recipe. Um, but I could probably not have to make a Cosmo again.
1: Yeah, because as I said, it's it's nice to uh, – that's sort of the excitement is everybody's ordering something different. And you feel like you're personalizing a party or event with your own special touch. But when it's one right after the other, after another, then it just feels like a production line, doesn't it?
8: It does, yeah. It does. There's <laughs> a lot of Cosmos.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, I think that error probably took it over to the top. Now, here's the one thing that no one ever likes to answer, but we still ask it anyway. Obviously, this isn't a cookbook, so we're not going to ask what's, what's the best recipe, but we're going to ask. What's the number one cocktail? What's the one cocktail that I'm gonna go to the bookstore, go on Amazon, because let's be honest, not everybody's gonna get off their couch anymore. Everyone likes things delivered to their front door. What's the one reason that we need to have this book in our possession that we want to make?
7: All right, I'm gonna ask a question back to you, but then I'll answer. Um, Do you want something kind of oddball or something familiar?
1: I'll take oddball because if it's familiar, then I'm not going to feel like all my friends are going to think that I'm cool.
7: That's, that's a good point. All right, then I have the drink for you. Um, It's called the Pickle Holiday.
8: Ooh,
1: and
7: I do like that. And a lot of people love a dirty martini um, with that olive brine to get that um, salinity, kind of umami in. And so we do a dirty martini with um cornichon brine. So basically pickle brine. Um, and it adds just that a little element of flavor, a little acidity, a little salt, and then you get to put a tiny cornichon on the rim. Um, it's, it's kind of a funny drink, but once you make it, it's really compelling.
8: And a lot of people like Uh. a dirty martini with olive brine in it, but with the cornichon brine, it's got a brightness and an acidity to it along with the, like Carrie said, the, the umami and the salinity. So it's uh, and also it's called a pickle holiday. It's kind of an awesome drink.
1: I like that. Oh. Now, Carrie and John, you've touched my heart and I think Don's going to agree why, but first I'm gonna ask you a question now. Where, you don't have to name the state or any, or the, are you guys East Coast base, West Coast base? A lot of times we we don't know where the actual guests are call, calling in from.
7: We are West Coast. We uh, met in New York City. I'm from California originally, so okay. we live in Northern California.
1: So you're West Coast. Now, here's the part. I, I You'll probably laugh, but I mean, we laugh as well, because sometimes people just don't know the show that they're coming on. Do you know the market that we're mostly based out of?
7: Absolutely. Philly, Pen- uh, Pennsylvania, South Jersey.
1: Awesome. Uh, you did your homework. So the reason why you have touched this is, did you pick that pickle one just out of the blue, or did it have any sort of basis of why you chose that?
7: The pickle one was actually out of the blue. Um, I, I wasn't aware of a local connection.
1: Well, Don, should we give them the local connection?
0: Sure, I think we should.
1: The Philadelphia Eagles have been famous for what they call when the the players are tired and the other teams would say, why are the Eagles seem as though that they're pushing through? And they would say that they give the players pickle juice. <laughs>
8: I love that. That's awesome.
1: So, when you said that, I said, either these people have really done their homework, and that's amazing because they didn't even know this question was going to be asked, (laughs) or it was just karma. Or it's a Taylor Swift, I guess. She's in town, isn't that? So- <laughs> it's karma or something like that.
7: Well, I would say I did my homework, but uh, my sister-in-law's a Giants fan and might actually kill me. So
2: will we'll- <laughs> <not enough> to- <laughs> Yeah, but I'm- I'll tell you what. Tomorrow
8: night, I'm eating pickles.
1: There you go. Oh, oh, John, you just became our favorite guest of the night. <laughs> but... I want to say, uh, Carrie and John, uh, you guys were fantastic. Had a lot of fun with you. We want everyone to go out, purchase this book. It's the holiday season. Thanksgiving, we've got all of the holidays, New Year's. You want to make sure that you are the person that's giving everyone a good time. And even if you don't want to give everyone a good time, treat yourself. and Treat yourself with a really nice cocktail. Go out, purchase the book, Master 25 classic drinks, and craft more than 200 variations. Every cocktail has a twist. Uh, Please share a website, social media, or anything like that before you go, please.
7: Yeah, um, Instagram's the best way to get us. Um, And if you follow me at Carrie underscore Jones, C-A-R-E-Y underscore Jones, um, I've got all the info about uh, signed copies, where to order, media, press, all those kind of things. Um, and the, the book should be available at all the, all the big guys online um, and lots of local stores too.
1: Awesome. We appreciate it. Have yourselves a great night. Thank Same you, to you. you Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, Take care. Have a nice night. Yeah. Pickle juice. Yeah. Pickle juice, Don, that's this pickle, pickle martini. I'm telling you, we're we're, gonna, we're really going to be living it up. That was great. I love that. But going from one fantastic uh, guest to another, Uh, We're really in for a treat. Uh, We have uh, Grace Gosner, the Craft Concepts Group Marketing Coordinator, and boy, oh boy, a lot to talk about. Uh, How's it going tonight, Grace?
11: Hi, I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on. How's everyone?
1: Uh, we're doing Great. fantastic. Uh, now, uh, this is a busy, busy time of year for uh, craft concepts group. Uh, you guys are well known in Philadelphia for uh, some fantastic events and creative ideas. You're always, uh, flipping the script of what anybody thinks uh, should be expected and you just take it up another notch. Uh, Uh, So, why don't you tell us some of the brand new things uh, you guys got going on?
11: Yeah, absolutely. So, we have three really fun concepts coming up. One actually opened this weekend. Uh, So, Uptown Beer Garden is our our beer garden in Center City, Philadelphia. And we do a lot of pop-ups with this one. So, we just finished Halloween a couple weeks ago. And we just opened our Christmas concept, the Uptown Express, on Friday. Uh, It's been doing really well. We've had a lot of people come. It's been very exciting. And then on Black Friday, we'll be opening Tinsel, which is our Christmas bar. It'll be Christmas comedy themed this year. And then a very new and special uh, Christmas bar called White Elephant will be opening in December. Uh, So that one's top secret. Don't have any much information for you on that one. Uh, That one's coming up, though. So, yes, we have three Christmas concepts right around the holiday season now opening up uh, this weekend, Black Friday and then December 1st.
1: I mean, uh, Don, you can speak on this. You've been to uh, a lot of their events, always uh, top shelf, uh, yeah. f- fantastic. I could go on and on. I mean, don't you agree?
0: I'm, almost, I'm always amazed on uh, the ideas that they come up with to uh, keep it interesting when you go in there with all the different events that they're doing, the, the Halloween, Christmas, uh, the Eagles uh, pop-up bar. Mm-hmm. Um th- very creative people behind the uh, craft concept group uh, to come up with these ideas. I, I, I portray that as, as the Mummer's Parade. We start doing costumes mm-hmm. well, in January for next year.
11: <laughs> right, so,
0: exactly. So I'm assuming, I would have to assume that you guys do the same thing.
11: Yep, nose to the grindstone right away. Once one pop-up closes, we're ready on to the next uh, and also planning for the next year. So, exactly the same, yep.
1: Yeah, and uh, it, it was completely unrelated. Me and Don were, Don called me personally a couple weeks ago, and uh, there was, I, I take it as a compliment and a job well done. Don was telling me of how fantastic, and he had some clients that he took to Uptown Beer Garden, and they loved it.
11: Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to hear that. That's great. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's a great place to to bring people that uh, have never experienced uh, an event like this before. They're outside, it's crisp, the drinks are very well made. Mm-hmm. Um,
11: Yes. So, thank you. We've expanded yeah. quite a bit too. So we started and we were just the main bar and now we have the back bar and then the backyard and now we have the new Tiki Bar Cadera. So we've actually grown three times in size since we opened up in the location we are now. So definitely great for, you know, after work happy hours, that's where we see a ton of our corporate uh, people right around the area from the business parks come um, and then at night as well. So it's kind of an all day affair for people around the area, but very fun for everyone.
0: And and it's not just the drinking that's involved. You also have a a kitchen that produces some very good products.
11: Yes, yes. We do have a a pretty extensive menu. Um, I think my favorite is the mac and cheese bites. Everyone says don't sleep on them, and I agree. Uh, But, yes, we do have a fantastic chef team as well um, who puts out some great food.
1: And I'll be the first one. To say this, uh, th- this is when me and Donald, we show our age, but Philadelphia has come such a long way. You go back 20 years, there wasn't anything going on special around the holidays. And it's not just the holidays that you guys do something special, but you your group uh, has been extremely influential in creating uh, holiday spectaculars within the Philadelphia region. You are giving reasons to go in and celebrate and feel festive, no matter what the season, whether it's the holiday or Halloween or the 4th of July, going on and on and on and on. It, it I don't know who was the creative genius behind that. But your group is a large reason that Philadelphia has continually been named as a culinary destination, a place for visitors. And uh, just last week, I saw a publication that said Philadelphia was named the best place to visit in the United States for 2024. One reason is the some of the big events that are coming. There's soccer and WrestleMania and a, a bunch of other things. But... They said the culinary scene, the bar scene, drinks, and the things to do to go out and see. You guys are a large part of that.
11: Yes, thank you. I I saw that publication as well. I thought that was awesome. But yes, our owner and president, Teddy Sorias, he is... um, incredible with the creative ideas and loves a good pop-up and yes craft concepts group definitely broke the barrier on you know the holiday pop-ups we have the christmas village right across the street and we have the macy's light show it's been going on for so many years but there really was a lack of um christmas decorated bars Um, and so we wanted to definitely bring our touch to that Uh, and now coming up with new concepts every single year and new themes every single year we really have you know made our mark on philadelphia and we're very proud of that
1: and as, as Don mentioned, the visuals, it's not just about the drinks. It's not just about the food. I mean, my goodness, the visuals. You can enter through a television as you go through the doors and walk through different scenes from famous Christmas movies. Uh, Mm -hmm. Uptown Express, uh, it's an homage to the Polar Express with life-size train photo opportunity. (laughs) uh, Facade from Home Alone. Christmas Mm -hmm. Vacation with Clark uh, Griswold. Uh, It goes on and on and on and on. It's truly an experience. Uh, I know you guys have so much going on. And just like when we asked the cookbook authors or their cocktail authors, what's their favorite in their book, we're going to have to ask you, what's the one destination out of all of cra- uh, Craft Concepts Group? What's the one place that you're just like, this is my happy spot. This, <laughs> yeah. is, this is the place I like to be. And if I have to take a friend out, This is what I want them to see. And this is what I want to do out of all of the experience drinks or visuals or anything. What's the one thing that draws to you?
11: Oh my gosh, that is such a tough question, because we do have so many great (laughs) concepts. But I I think I will say it is Uptown. Um, I have been with Craft Concepts Group for almost a year now, and this will be my first Christmas with the group. Um, And opening Uptown this past weekend and seeing all of the incredible work that went into it and working so closely with our designer um, and getting to help name some of the craft cocktails was so special to me. And I know it was so special to the rest of our group as well. So I will say there's definitely a personal connection that I have with uptown and have loved it through sips in the summer all the way to christmas now and and you know halloween so i think uptown is is my happy place and i tell all my friends to come and hang out and i love to walk them through and show them each individual scene and tell them how we got to making and creating that so i definitely think uptown will have to be my answer there
1: Awesome, so, I, and that's a large portion of why Don was uh, saying it, it 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 really creates uh, a, a feeling of a, a night out, something special, right Don?
0: Yeah, and, and, and you not even, you can go in there you can close your eyes and you you forget <laughs> you're in Philadelphia
11: because yeah. I
0: mean, uh, the, 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 uh, the decoration and uh, the music and the people that are there it's just great you can sit down and enjoy yourself and then forget about the whole world around you and surround yourself with some nice cheer yeah um, i mean i don't know if you still make the snow but one mm-hmm. year i was there and there was snow all over the place that they were making for uh, for the customers
11: hmm. Yeah. And that's and that's the whole point of, of the Uptown Express is to really launch you back into the nostalgia that we grew up with and seeing these Christmas classic movies. And, you know, the TV, even up at the front of the facade, is supposed to look like the 1950s TV, the, the old timey TV that was in your grandmother's living room growing up. So when you do walk in, you really are supposed to be transported into another realm, into the movie world, into the Christmas classics. So I'm so glad you said that, because that's exactly what we're going for. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Maybe I still have that TV in my living room. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, it's such a a fun concept. It it really uh, sets the tone for Philadelphia and the the things to do. Uh, I, I think one of the things like, Don said is it's not only fun, but to be able to have somewhere where the food is decent as well. So you've mentioned, we don't want to sleep on the Mac and cheese. (laughs) Yes. What would you say, uh, this is going to be a double question here. (laughs) What is your favorite thing that we should, that everyone should try? Mm -hmm. And just for interest's sake, what is the best seller? And the reason why we ask that is sometimes it's really interesting and intriguing to find out what somebody's best seller is because it makes you scratch your head and say I would have never thought of that.
11: So I will answer that second question first. The best seller is the mac and cheese bites, actually. (laughs) Um, I I think it's just a little bit different than what you normally see on a menu. And my favorite thing on the menu is also a little bit different. We have meatball parm sliders. So again, I I genuinely haven't seen that anywhere else in in the city, at least near uptown or around Center City. Uh, So that's definitely my favorite. I come there specifically for that. I grab the uh, mac and cheese bites, too. And it's really it's really a special, you know, taste in your mouth for sure.
1: So meatball parm, meatball parm sliders.
11: Yes, <laughs>
1: mm, I do like that. H- have have you had any of those yet, or any
6: of your visits, Don?
1: Uh-oh, did we lose Don? Oh, I think we lost Don. Uh, maybe yeah. he left. Maybe he just. Hung the phone up and said, uh, I've got to get over. You can yes. go get these meatball parm sliders immediately.
12: <laughs> <to> there. <laughs> uh,
1: but uh, for anyone who isn't familiar uh, with the area, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of your brands uh, are very, very close to the big tourist uh, hot spots, you yeah. could say, like Christmas Village and uh, uh, City Hall. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh,
1: what order would you recommend someone to visit? Would you say you should visit us before and then go do your shopping and see the sites or mm-hmm. see the sites and then come in? At- and don't go for the easy answer. I don't want you to say you can do both. You can come both. before, go, uh, and then come after too. Uh, I'm not going to... allow that what order would you say is the perfect order for someone to enjoy uh the perfect experience in philadelphia
11: yes so i would absolutely recommend hitting the christmas village first do your walking around, go skating at the Rothman Ice Rink, do your Christmas shopping or your holiday shopping, and then hop on over to Uptown right after, since we are right across the street, grab a hot chocolate. You know, you've been shopping all this time. I'm sure you're thirsty. Come over, grab a bite to eat, grab a hot chocolate, um, and sit and watch all the lights. And then once you're done there, we, we do hug City Hall with all of our other concepts. So then I would recommend walking back around City Hall, walking back to the Christmas Village Market and heading over to our tradesmen's Brew, U-Bahn, that area and hit our restaurants there. And 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 then end up over at Tinsel, which is down a little bit right next to our very first concept, Finn McCool's Ale House, and our Mexican concept, Sueño. So I think that's kind of the perfect uh, line of events you should take, uh, starting at City Hall and then working your way all the way back down to Sansom Street.
1: So it sounds to me you are the marketing coordinator. (laughs) Uh, You should probably have a meeting with Teddy tomorrow because I think you've just lined up the perfect holiday hop-on, hop-off service for Craft Concepts Group.
11: <laughs> You're right.
1: <laughs> See? It was a brilliant. I, I like the way that you lined that out.
11: I will. I will let him know that it was your idea and that you have coined it. A bus.
1: we we'll just take a sticker on the roof of the bus or so whenever anybody okay. look uh, looking up. Up did did I hear Don's voice or are you back yeah, with I'm us, here. Don?
0: I'm here. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, We we lost you for a little bit. I know. I know. My fault.
1: It's 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 all right. I, I forget what we were even going to ask. Oh, I remember what we were going to ask. Grace. Was mentioning meatball parmesan sliders.
0: Yeah, sounds good.
1: Have you had them there yet?
0: I have not. I've had their their burger sliders and they make uh, some of their chicken wings, but I haven't had that yet.
1: Well, it sounds to me that's where we thought you were. After she described them, we thought you just hung up on us and you were (laughs) heading where. right right over. (laughs) But I have to say, Grace, it was such a pleasure, uh, talking to you. Uh, having me, uh, uh, craft concepts group. As we said, we could go on and on and on and on. You guys have really become an influential part of Philadelphia job. Well done at all of the concepts, all of the restaurants and all of the pop-ups, uh, It's top notch. You guys really go all out whenever anybody visits any of your locations. If they're not having a good time, I would say it's a person who probably can never have a good time.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) very true. I mean, it's it's a very enjoyable place.
1: So uh, we we appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. Uh, Please, uh, I'll just mention real quick, uh, it's Uptown Express at Uptown Beer Card Tinsel Christmas, uh, pop up with a new season theme. And as you mentioned, it's uh, top secret, but it's going to be released soon, White Elephant Christmas at, uh, at a location. So we can't wait to hear about all of that top secret information, but please share a social media a website or anything you'd like to share uh, before you go.
11: Yes. So again, Instagram is probably the best way to get us. So you can go to Uptown Beer Garden on Instagram for Uptown. And then we'll have Tinsel Philly for Tinsel. And then coming up soon will be White Elephant. So you can follow White Elephant on Instagram when we get that set up as well.
1: All right. And I hope we get the first invite to the (laughs) hop on hop off service when you talk with Teddy tomorrow.
11: I will absolutely let you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Have a great night.
11: Thanks. You too.
1: Bye -bye. Bye bye. All right, Don, uh, we're uh, hopping around Philadelphia, having ourselves a wonderful time. Uh, The holidays is a great, great time of the year in Philadelphia, and it's going to get even better soon.
0: Uh, Do you know why? We have a bacon restaurant coming.
1: Because everything's better with bacon, isn't it? right. (laughs) And we've got Justin Coleman, the owner of Bacon Bacon uh they are bringing uh, i'll say i mean well let me let, let me rephrase it cuz we don't want to get any cease and desist letters don that's that that, <laughs> that that's never been fun we've had to deal with that in the past so i will rephrase it they have as far as i know <laughs> the first and only bacon themed restaurant and bar To the Philadelphia region. And if anyone else has a bacon themed restaurant and bar in the region, please let us know and we'll be able to say that they have one as well. (laughs) But Justin, great idea. Pleasure to meet you. How's it going tonight, pal? It's
9: going well. Thanks for having me on. Yes. And as far as I know, we are the first and only bacon inspired restaurant bar in Philadelphia. So I'm proud to say that. Yes. So you got to throw in that as far as you know. Yeah, yeah, as far as I know, not unless someone did it in the 1920s. It was before my time. So I, I you know. Yeah, th- th- Those letters are never fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, definitely not.
1: But uh, I have to say, Justin, uh, I'm embarrassed of myself. I am not familiar with your brand. But before the show... You've got yourself a big fan in Donato. He was telling me of how much he enjoys your product, and he has been a fan of yours for quite some time. Oh, that's
2: amazing.
0: Yeah, the bacon with the mac and cheese on top. Oh, the bacon mac sandwich. Oh, man, is that so
9: good. (laughs) Same thing with your, Uh,
0: uh, your caramel pound cake.
9: Yes. Oh, you're a real fan, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then we also do a smoked chipotle tomato sauce as well, um, with the bacon mac sandwich and the bacon mac side. So yeah. And so, our pound cake is is um, a family recipe. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it's really good. So you can imagine you you can hear Don's a fan. He was excited <laughs> when he heard the news that
1: you were going to be on, and that you're opening a brick-and-mortar location for this bacon-centric
9: restaurant. Yes, in South Philadelphia, 11th and Ellsworth. Um, We were so excited about this. It's been a long time. We had to go in and fix the building up. It wasn't in the best condition, but we came in there. We made it our own. It looks amazing inside. Um, The Inquirer put out one picture, so I can't wait for the other pictures to come out. I can't wait for people to come in the restaurant and just... See how beautiful it looks. We have craft cocktails. A beautiful bar. Um, just super excited about this.
1: And I'm going to give you this one for free. So we know who you uh, we'll say your people are that handle uh, things for you. I'm going to give you a free plug here. So once this episode's done, we'll, you can take uh, this advertisement and put it wherever you'd like. But I'm going to do it. A- just for you, pal, because Don's such a fan. So That's Don, I, I know you. I know you enjoy it, Don. When I put my official radio announcer yes, voice on. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, um,
1: so, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Coleman is happy to announce: Bacon Bacon is opening a new bacon-themed restaurant in South Philadelphia. This will be a 2,500 square foot space that will seat around 74 people inside and around two dozen outside with room for more as additional dining and event space is added. But wait, from the kitchen, foodies will find bacon barbecue, bacon mac, bacon buffalo sandwiches, and more handhelds. Plus bacon burnt ends, bacon caramel pound cake, chocolate covered bacon, and Coleman's favorite savory biscuit waffle and bacon brisket sandwich. <laughs> did, did you like that, Justin? I did. <laughs> There's not a lot of guests that get that sort of treatment.
9: Uh, I'm honored. I'm truly honored. you know what you guys have to try it's going to be called our pork board and this pork board feeds from four to six people and it has ribs on it bacon burnt ends we have bacon infused grits that we do um pulled pork pork shoulder which is very tender and then we do million dollar bacon which is a thicker cut bacon um with brown sugar and it caramelizes really good but it's called the pork board so that's one of our appetizers that I'm pretty sure it's going to be a top seller, along with our hanging bacon, where we have a board and there's bacon that actually hangs off of it. It's we have some great ass, but it's some amazing food, um, and the bar, craft cocktails. We make all of our stuff in house, so we're we're so hyped for this. Now you're speaking my
1: language because I heard you say ribs. Yes, I am an official kansas city barbecue society judge an official judge of barbecue okay you have to tell me what are these ribs how are these ribs prepared because now we're really getting into the nitty gritty
9: (laughs) they are baby back ribs they are sealed. what 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 what
1: what is the wood that we are smoking them with
9: I'm um, giving too many secrets out. It is, we do, we do an Applewood. Okay. okay. Um, and I don't want to say too much, but just know that they're really good. I'm um, okay. they you fall off the bone, um, you will enjoy them. That is an entree that we have. We do a half rack or a whole rack, um, that people can get, um, and, and they're just really good. So is it
1: sauce on the ribs or dry rubbed with
9: sauce on the side to add we do both so we do a dry rub as they're cooking um and then we sauce them so that has a nice caramelization to it um by the time we serve it okay so it's packed with flavor finger (sighs) looking good that's what i'm talking about (laughs) And our mac and cheese it's a five cheese that we make in-house we melt it down and we do a baked mac and cheese we do different toppings for mac and cheese so we do smoked pulled tomato sauce bacon crumbles brisket crumbles we do um a buffalo mac um, we'll have lobster mac there side note um people are so used to our food trucks we have three now um since 2019 but for the restaurant we have sandwiches that are only going to be at the restaurant we have a food truck favorite section that is a nod to the food trucks because without the food trucks we wouldn't have the brick and mortar and then we have some nice seafood items as well some pest um some vegan options as well nice yeah and don
1: like you said that mac and cheese uh, that, that's what got you excited wasn't it <laughs> i
0: love good mac and cheese
9: yes ours is love, really really good.
0: Uh, t- you you feel it in your stomach when you have you get done eating it. <laughs> phenomenal. Phenomenal.
1: Thank you. Now well, what were the other items that you enjoyed, Don? Um I
0: had the uh the uh the caramel the the pound cake. Okay, what the, the, the caramel bacon sauce. caramel pound yeah. cake.
1: Yeah. Oh now pound a cake's a one. difficult thing to master because when you've got a place like
9: stocks in Philadelphia, that, that's
1: heavy competition, pound
9: cake. You know, what? it's it's a recipe that's been passed down um, in my family. So it's like, I don't know, it comes simple because we, my grandmother, my mom is just, you know, it's something that was like very common to us. So it's listen, I'm going to tell you something. It's the same thing that I'm a firm believer
1: in this in bar in barbecue. I believe good barbecue, just like you're saying about this pound cake. It Mm -hmm. takes
9: generations to perfect. It does. And it's an honor when you get the recipe. So we don't take it lightly at all. Yes. And uh, I hate to say
1: this, but whenever I hear somebody say, this is great. I just made this last week. Sometimes Uh, I look at my (laughs) wife and I'll be like, that mm -hmm. ain't good. (laughs) I I, I agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) I say, that sort of stuff takes decades to perfect. It does. <laughs> so what I just heard you say, it came from your great grandmom and all of that. I know Don's speaking the truth because that means it's been generations in the making, and that is some good stuff you've
9: got going on there. Yeah. We also for so for bacon lovers, we also are doing a bacon, a bacon bourbon fat wash that goes for our Manhattan's. And oh, then also do a did brisket. you just say bacon and bourbon? Yes. Yes.
6: Oh, um, oh.
9: that drink is amazing. And then we also do a brisket fat wash, one for people that don't eat pork, just so they could have, you know, the same experience just with um you know with the cow versus the pig. But oh, yeah, Lord, I may um, never leave. We have some amazing cocktails. Um amazing craft cocktails they're they're beautiful sexy the bar is so beautiful and sexy and i think when people come in um they're going to be wild when you first walk in i I could reassure everybody they're going to like feel very great to come in especially the neighbors they're they're you guys are just going to do it right i mean
1: because from what I'm looking at, you guys are going to have a menu of cocktails. You're going to pair them perfectly with these yes. bacon centric food offerings. Uh, you're going to have weekday happy hour specials, dinner later night. You're going to this one's a big one in Philadelphia, especially where you're opening up weekend brunch. People yes. slit their own mother's throat to get good <laughs> seats at weekend brunch, and I'm not joking. <laughs> This is Philadelphia. <laughs> they is. will they will stab someone to get a good seat <laughs> at a at an excellent brunch restaurant, uh, lunch, dinner,
9: everything. And you guys are hoping to open soonish, correct? Yes. Yeah, so we passed our health inspection, which we were so happy about. Um, So that's one thing. We're just waiting on the liquor board to come in and just assess. Um, I think the requirements are that you have 30 seats, enough food for 30. So we're just waiting to get the appointments. We've been waiting on that. So we're hoping within the next two weeks to be open. That's fingers crossed and prayers up that, you know, that can happen because we're ready to go. We're ready to go. The neighborhood is so ready. They've been walking by every day for the past several months just asking when are we opening? They're so thankful that we took care of the building and made it look great f- from the outside to the inside. So we're ready to serve. We we are so ready to go. We have a great staff. Um, just it's just going to be a great vibe there. Great vibe with great food, and yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to coming down and sitting down and, and trying all that good stuff. Yes, and our brunch is going to be great. Our our brunch menu is very unique. Um, it's fun. And we're also going to have a brunch a bunch club where people can (laughs) like that brunch, a bunch, (laughs) yeah, brunch, a bunch club, um, where, you know, you're going to pay a fee to come in, but it's like a membership. So they'll be able to eat upstairs on the second floor. Um, and it'll be live music and just things that they can do for fun upstairs. That just takes it up another notch, but our brunch is going to be amazing for everybody. But the brunch bunch club will get a few perks that, you know, um, make people want to be a part of that club.
1: Awesome. I love that idea. Now, I haven't seen it in the list of things that are available. And Don already knows that this is one of my favorite treats in the whole wide world. And I will mention the place. If you don't already have this item, there's a location of a restaurant that has mm-hmm. triple smoked Candied bacon. Oh yeah. Triple Did smoke. Do you do you have that?
9: So we don't have triple smoke candy bacon, but we do have our million our million dollar bacon that is on the pork board. Um and we'll have candied bacon that is on the hanging bacon board as well. But we do so there's gonna be five pieces of bacon on it. Um two will be regular, then you'll have the bacon caramel sauce that you can dip the bacon in, and then you'll have one that has a barbecue-infused bacon sauce that we make, um, and then the other two will be candied. So you'll okay. get a different variety of of um, candied bacon or, or flavored bacon. Okay, so I'm going to tell you, they're not a sponsor of
1: ours, and I wish they would be, but they probably never <laughs> will because I talk about them so darn much they don't have to pay us to say their name. <laughs> uh, it's a place in Mullica Hill, New Jersey called 322 Barbecue.
9: 322 barbecue and because
1: because you are the bacon expert in south philadelphia take a ride out there there's an antique shop underneath of it as well so if you're into that sort of silliness you, you can get some I food do. And-
9: i love thrifting i love thrifting in and, and <laughs> you're gonna love it you're going <laughs> so go
1: there just check the hours of when the restaurant and the antique shop are open together, so you don't miss one or the other.
9: Yeah, I can make a day out of it.
1: Uh, and you have to get their triple smoked candied bacon because it's it it's like crack for me. I, is it sliced I, I, or is it cubed? It's sliced. Okay. It's super thick bacon, so it's that real, real thick bacon. Okay. Triple smoked and then it's candied. Good Lord, is it a treat? I have it and my whole body just goes in convulsions and I'm just like, oh my God, this is amazing.
9: And tell me the name again
1: 322 Barbecue.
9: Okay. 322 Barbecue.
1: And if you go there, Tell them, introduce them. Ask for Chef David. He's there most of the time. He owns the place. He has two Chef locations, David. but Chef Dave's the guy who runs it. And tell him we okay. said we're good friends. He came in and do- what you were with me, Don, weren't you yep, for that yep, one? Yep,
0: we went down there for that, that sample. That was very good. Nice. Wonderful.
1: Well, the time he came in studio, and we used to actually yeah. be in a real studio.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, fantastic gentleman. So okay. uh, I'm telling you, make a day of it. But enough about them. we we, we all uh, that's the reason why they don't they're not a sponsor of ours because i give so much free advertising
9: (laughs) well hopefully Uh, when you try our restaurant we'll you'll love us that much where you do the same i'm sure you will especially uh, especially the cocktail we just like we really took our time trying to pair bacon to make it the star of the show but also keeping in mind that the food trucks are um very successful with what we have so we didn't want to recreate the wheel but we wanted to also give pescaterians options and vegans options to come in and still feel great along with people that don't drink they could still get mocktails and get different shrubs that we make in house um we, we really thought this through so where did the whole
1: bacon theme come from let's let's go because I mean, obviously i mean you're very successful you've got three food trucks are open in the brick and mortar now where did the whole, you know what, uh, just going to go with bacon? I mean, was is this just like a lifelong
9: obsession? Did, no. When you were a child, <laughs> did you demand to have bacon for breakfast every morning? Every morning, no. No, I wish that was the case. Um, to give a long story and make it short, because um, it's kind of sad. So my younger brother passed away in 2016. And a couple months after he passed away, he visited me in a dream. And my goal was to always do a food truck with my younger brother and to do a healthy food truck with sauces. I really love to make homemade sauces. I like sauces, finger-looking good sauces. Um, when he visited me in a dream, I could smell bacon in the dream. And it was almost like he was leading me to breadcrumbs to get to this food truck. So I remember walking on the food truck. It was really bright. And I was like, Derek, what are you doing? Um, come back with me. Um, we thought you had passed. And he was like, I'm staying here. This is your idea. So I woke up. I wrote bacon, bacon, bacon um, on a notepad that I had next to my bed.
1: <laughs> Maybe when wrote, you were sleeping, that uh, that commercial for the yeah. strips yeah. bacon
9: yeah. strips was, bacon, I
5: smell bacon.
9: So <laughs> I got one good bacon in. Uh, The rest was like scribble because I was Not awake, you know, but I thought I wrote it out clearly, but I didn't But I called my sister the next day Told her about it and I was just like I don't want To do bacon 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 because again Yeah, it makes you think about that dog Running through the house trying to get his bacon strips So I was like I don't want people to be confused (laughs) They were serving dog food (laughs) And think they were serving dog food because I don't think We'd have I mean people love dogs I'm a dog lover myself, but I was like I don't Want people to be confused so um, I did bacon bacon and because I bake my bacon in the oven because it's more even, that's just my preference. Um, I did yeah, it bacon like B-A-K-E apostrophe N, like your bacon bacon. So yeah, that's yeah. was that's what made it a little um different. And it just caught on. it's, it's very catchy. And I remember the first time we did an event. People were lined up, and I was just like, No one even knows who we are. So, why are people like outside of our truck? <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was the most amazing feeling because, like, we've been embraced um, by so many people. I'm from Cape May, New Jersey. So, in the summertime, we go to the shore, um, and we're in like all the Wildwoods, Avalon, Stone Harbor, um, Seattle City. So, we go there every summer. And um, it's, just, it's just been great. It's been a crazy ride. Um, we've served over like 300,000 people so far since 2019, even wow. within the pandemic. And we stopped counting. I wish I would not have, but we're going to make sure that we keep count for the restaurant and start counting again for the food mm-hmm. trucks next year. So I have to ask, that, that was quite a detour. Was part of
1: the dream that, you switched from a healthy food truck with healthy foods and you bought stock cheap in Lipitor and you <laughs> then wanted just bacon because <laughs> I, I,
9: I wanted to honor my brother. So I was like, I need to find a cool menu um, to do that is bacon inspired. So now, was I, he a bacon lover? Like, wh- no, that, no. It was just the it, smell it was, of bacon that was in this dream. It was just the dream. And, I uh, just, I do, I'm very spiritual. So I do believe he reached out from me from, you know, the other side and just told me what it was going to be. And I would have never imagined that it would be this in such a short period of time. Um, so I know it was definitely a divine thing that's well, um, great. Like you said, that, I mean it, it it's sad, it's like is you said sad, yeah. that it had to
1: happen that way. Yeah, but it, it like you said, that is a blessing in disguise Absolutely. to have that message come from up above, or some spirit came to you and now you're as successful as ever. And I know uh, being, uh, so beloved in the in the Philadelphia region. Uh I mean, I think this is going to be a wild success. Uh, Thank you. I think it's it, it's perfect.
9: Uh, now, you said that you are from the Cape May region? Yeah, I'm from Cape May, born and raised. Um, went to lower Cape May regional high school for people that know Cape May well. Um, yeah, born and raised. I, I love it. My family's still there, so I go home often. No, um, I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs>
1: but <laughs> I'm just being honest. I'm just good because I don't want to come to you like, hey, I made your idea. Derek, try some. I'm like, sorry, <laughs> I, I really don't like them. Uh, but what about like bacon themed saltwater taffy?
9: Hmm, that's interesting. I see that
1: I'm, I'm always know, giving away ideas for like free, so, Don. I don't no, like saltwater
9: taffy. <laughs> see, you don't like it either. <laughs> I, don't like it. I don't like it either. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um kate may's known for fudge i don't know what a bacon fudge would taste like um i do want to i've had been working on a bacon jam for the past couple years but i haven't perfected it so we haven't put it out there yet just because i'm not 100 sold on it so i want to wait till like we have to where i'm like proud of it like the rest of the menu that i did but um bacon jam is like the next thing on the forefront for us um our bacon caramel sauce People love that. So I eventually want to jar that up and sell it. Cause I feel like people would love that sauce. It's it's amazing. It can go on pancakes, ice cream goes in our pound cake. I had family buy it and put it on ribs or chicken. So it's one of those sauces that you can do anything with. And we also do a bacon bourbon caramel sauce, which is really good. I love bourbon. Um, oh, me and you're going to be good
1: friends. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because listen, listen, for my turkey, I do a maple bourbon chipotle chili oh turkey.
6: God.
9: I love that's that's a lot of flavors. I love that.
1: It's delicious. So I what you do imagine. is you you have three cups of the bourbon sitting on the bottom of that cooking tray with all the, the bay leaves and the orange and the lime and the onion and the and the chili and the maple syrup and the molasses going over it. And the steam from the bourbon is what comes oh, up to is, the turkey.
9: Oh, I love that.
1: Sure. We're going to be a good team here
9: Oh absolutely <laughs> I can imagine how flavorful and how juicy that is
1: It's wonderful It yeah. is wonderful But I have to say Justin uh, Don was a huge fan of yours He was thrilled to talk to you to, Before he even started the show And I have to say After talking to you You've gained another fan And uh,
9: Oh thank you so much
1: I, I'm going to have to come over And uh, please check you please guys do. out Uh, So, Don, it sounds like we're going to have to have a road trip in a a couple weeks. Oh, yeah, please do. And uh, it's going to be opening soon. Bake in Bacon in the former location of Devil's Den, 1148 to 50 South 11th Street, uh, South Philly. It's going to be a fun, fun place. Uh, Justin, share social media, website or anything like that before you go.
9: Yes, absolutely. So our website is www.baconbacon.com. That's B-A-K-E-N-B-A-C-O-N.com. Our restaurant page is bacon, bacon. So for Instagram, sorry. So it's at bacon, bacon, B-A-K-E-N-B-A-C-O-N. And then our food truck page, which you can book for private events, weddings, anything you think about. That is at B-A-K-E-N underscore B-A-C-O-N, food trucks with the S on the end of it.
1: Awesome. Well, best of luck. We can't Thank wait you. for the official grand opening, and uh, I hope we'll be one of the first ones to come through, pal. Yeah. We would love to
9: have you guys. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Have a great night. Yeah, you too. Good luck with everything. Thank you. All right, Don. So, uh, do you know uh, who else really likes bacon? No.
0: Kids. Kids. Kids love bacon. I mean, I was a kid. I loved it. Didn't you love bacon when you were a kid? Tell you the truth, we never had bacon when I was a kid. What? No, uh, no, I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's say what was this? One of these weird uh, uh, traditions you had? You, you guys only had uh, uh, prosciutto every uh, Saturday morning or something. No bacon, children. Only prosciutto and fine cheese and wine for us. That's,
0: it. <laughs> that's, that's food.
1: But in order to uh, have kids eat, one of the more enjoyable things is to have them cook with you as well And we are in luck Uh, We have quite the lineup with us We have Danielle uh, Aken with Georgia and Alice And they're on to talk about a new book called Let's Eat Recipes for Kids Who Cook. <laughs> so obviously, we've got multiple people on one single line. So we'll differentiate who we're going to talk to. And usually, we like to talk to the adults first. So we're going to start it off with you, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> sounds- How's it going tonight?
10: It's going really well. How are you doing?
1: We're doing fantastic. So we've got this new book, Let's Eat, uh, Recipe for Kids Who Cook. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about it, and then we'll just go uh, down an age. We'll we'll move to Georgia next. We'll have a couple questions for her, and then we'll move down to Alice, and uh, then we'll go back and forth. That sounds like a good plan?
10: Sounds awesome.
1: Sounds awesome. Awesome. So uh, how did this book come about, Danielle? Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself.
10: Sure. So I'm a commercial food photographer, and I work with uh, my business partner, Aurelia Louvay, who is a food stylist. And between us, we have seven kids. <laughs> and, uh, we, yeah, and um, you know, we just kind of got tired of a lot of the cookbooks that were out there for kids. They were a lot of the, the sweet stuff, you know, cookies and cupcakes and things. And really, kids can cook, like cooking a, a roast chicken isn't hard. You just kind of give it a rub and stick it in the oven. And, And uh, all of our kids have been cooking for years with us. So we wanted to write a book that kids could access that was really accessible, but also one that kind of documented for us this period in our lives with some of our kids' favorite recipes.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So uh, as you mentioned, uh, it's a colorful and comprehensive cookbook. It's teaching kids. It's, uh, It's... Involvement in recipe tasting ages 7 to 17, uh, but we also have its recommended ages 9 to 10 and beginner chefs to cook and arms to children with accessible yet impressive recipes that they can make with little to no parental supervision. And that's really the key is we want them to sort of become independent and enjoy it for themselves and not really – Uh, make it that they're just watching us cook. So we'll kick that off with Georgia. Uh, So Georgia, uh, what was your responsibilities of the book? What did you enjoy? And uh, what's one of your favorite things to cook?
4: Yeah. um, I mean, first of all, when she said that she was making a kid's book, I got so excited because, I mean, I love all of her books, but I knew this one would be extra special because it would be full of all the recipes of my childhood that I've been making with her for years. So that was, that was super exciting. And, um, yeah, I think like we've been doing like cooking as a family for years and it's always been like a tradition for us. And like, I just, I was just like to have all of those recipes smushed into one book that I could take with me, like, as I get older was super cool. Awesome. Um, Yeah.
1: Now you are obviously Uh, 16 years old. So, I mean, you're, you're probably handling yourself pretty well in the kitchen. Uh, Have you (laughs) ventured off and sort of experimented to create your own uh, sort of creation or recipe?
4: (laughs) Yeah, well, the thing is, I'm naturally a really picky eater. So (laughs) I, you know, I kind of like really basic foods, but one thing that um like my mom has been really good with helping me is kind of like expand my palate and like explore other different food groups and stuff and so um one of the one of the recipes the spring roll salad is like my absolute favorite because it's it's spicy and also like full of flavor which is not something I would usually eat and i was like i thought that i would like hate it before i tried it <laughs> <laughs> and then we made it together and i was like Wow, this is really good. And so that kind of opened up my whole world with like, you know, just trying different foods and that kind of stuff.
10: The apple awesome. carrot quinoa salad is is Georgia's recipe actually. Oh yeah, well. that's oh, yeah. true. That's true.
1: Wow, <laughs> impressive. Then how did you come about that one? I mean, that that sounds pretty impressive.
4: Um, I really like quinoa and I really liked apples and I really like carrots. And so I was like Maybe if I put them together, that will taste good. And then that's
0: good. to put,
1: put, Putting us to shame, aren't they, Don? Oh, they sure are. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I get excited when I microwave popcorn. <laughs> so uh, we'll move on to Alice next. And uh, Alice is eight years old. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Alice? Good. So – I heard, don't tell the other two, I heard you're the best chef out of all of them.
10: What? That may actually be true. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, have you had a lot of fun with this, Alice?
4: Yeah. What's,
1: What's the most fun, what's the best part of doing this together?
4: I think my favorite part of doing this together is when the suspense is literally at its highest peak and i don't know what to do
10: <laughs> so.
1: that's like me every day all day you don't have to worry about that
10: alice is, a, is our resident baker she's she's actually really i don't bake i cook and anybody who spends a lot of time in the kitchen knows there's a difference between baking and cooking oh and yeah Alice is the precision queen. She is the baker in our family for sure.
1: Now, Alice, I want to let you know, I personally think, because I can't bake to save my life, I think that bakers are are one of the smarter groups of people because you have to be really, really precise. You have to be perfect when you're a baker. So I, I think you must be doing something right.
10: She always gets on me when I don't measure the flour properly. (laughs)
1: do <laughs> you yell and say what are you doing
10: yes actually yeah
1: now when you're a baker obviously you're probably like mixing things and using spoons and spatulas do you do like i do and just lick them all as soon as you're done
4: absolutely
1: <laughs> the best part of the job isn't it
4: yeah
1: now now Don, we have to agree, though, that uh, it it took me a while to learn that I had to turn the mixer off first on Don.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Very true.
1: (laughs) So, Alice, what was your favorite thing to bake? Or what is your favorite thing to bake?
4: My favorite thing to bake is definitely... Cookies, mostly gingerbread cookies, but (gasps) I do love baking brownies and cakes.
1: Oh, I think I like all of them. Uh, Which one's your favorite, Don?
0: Gingerbread cookies.
1: Oh, can you make gingerbread houses?
4: Yes, those are my favorites.
1: Oh, man. Could could I call you over my house soon? Because (laughs) Mr. Donato, who's on the phone, he does... A holiday Christmas cookie competition.
10: Ooh,
1: and I man. bet you, you would win if you were. And, and I want you on my team.
10: She might want to throw down on that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please.
1: And then Mr. Donato actually has it judged by like celebrity judges and um, Mr. Michael D'Angelo, who's very highly uh, acclaimed and awarded.
0: Yes.
10: That's awesome. (laughs) She's looking very interested.
0: (laughs) It's cooking also with a theme. You have to present your cookies with a theme behind them.
10: What's the theme this year?
0: Well no, you have to
10: come
4: up with your own theme. Oh, we have to come
1: up with our own. Theme. Yeah. That'll be the whole world. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, now Alice, no one's listening, so you don't have to worry. What's what's the one thing that you don't like that when as soon as you you're like, you try to hide it or if you have a dog, you wait till the dog's under the table and you just throw it right under the table. What food
10: do not you like? I don't
1: know if there's any food you don't <laughs> know. everything. <Alice> everything. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to throw that one to Georgia then because Georgia's the picky one, she said.
10: <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What would be the one thing you'd feed the dog? We have three dogs. What was the one thing that I don't know that you're sliding to the dog's?
4: I've never been a fan of sausages. I really hate them. You um, do hate sausages. Yeah, that's, it's true. It's true.
1: Well, you don't have to slide them to the dog. Just hand them right. <laughs> Me and Don will take care of that. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Danielle, obviously, uh, this was a family affair, the book. Uh, it had to be a lot of fun and a joy to work with everyone in the family to create the book.
10: It really was. It was so much fun. And um, the pictures, I mean, our kids are featured throughout and there's little blurbs all the way through where it says Georgia says and Alice says. And so they even quipped in, you know, I was like, what do you think about this recipe? So they gave us some thoughts. And then all the pictures of the other kids that are in the books are um, local kids from Alice's school as well.
1: Oh, that is awesome.
10: Got all her best friends. We had some really great taste testers going on.
1: It was awesome that is great so we'll go to you uh danielle what is your favorite recipe in the book what's the one recipe that uh, because obviously it's a busy holiday season we want everyone to go out and purchase let's eat recipes for kids who's cooked because everyone's kid wants to be on master chef junior these days what's what's the reason that somebody needs to purchase this cookbook for a holiday gift
10: my favorite is the chicken pot pie and it's so good and it's perfect for the holidays. Cause when you've got all that leftover Turkey and roast vegetables and everything, it's super easy for kids to just chop that up, you know, maybe with supervision, depending on the age, chuck it in, throw some puff pastry on it. And yeah, it's my favorite comfort food. <laughs>
1: That's awesome. And, uh, As you said, you're a seasoned cookbook author. You've worked with a food stylist, a very uh, acclaimed food stylist on the book. Uh, You had six children putting their input into it. And one of the great things is uh, it comes together in the book as well. Uh, You're explaining kitchen basics, the tools, the terminology, and it's loaded with 60-some recipes with tons of variations to suit a various range of tastes. And what I really like is that it opens with a chapter of recipes to build the basic techniques. You have to know the basics first. Eggs, rice, pasta, those sort of thinking, like roast chicken, what is a roast chicken? You got to set them up for the success. And some of the uh, recipes I really enjoyed: sticky soda pop ribs, oh, uh, de-
6: so
1: oh my goodness, pulled chicken tacos, sweet potato curry, teriyaki baked salmon, and oh, who doesn't love oven baked donuts? Good golly, I mean that's a treat all within itself. Uh, it's really engaging you've got the whole family as shown by Georgia and Alice online. Uh, we've got the big holiday coming up Thanksgiving so uh, before you guys go, I'm gonna go back again. We're going to start with Alice Alice. what's the one thing you're hoping? Is it Thanksgiving dinner of this upcoming week?
10: What did you want to make for Thanksgiving? You wanted I wanted to make.
1: Korean corn dogs. Good golly, are are your kids talented? I feel like a a complete failure over here. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Georgia, you really got it. Uh, Your sister, I mean, she's half your age. That's a tough one to beat.
0: What what are you going to come up with?
4: Oh, man, I don't know if I can beat that. That's pretty... I think it's going to sound really basic, but I love turkey so much. I'm just excited to have turkey.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, to tur- turkey is the highlight of the meal. So, it, it, if people are going to have a good time, they want to go, want to have a good turkey. So, that leaves uh, you, Danielle.
10: I love all the condiments. So, I'm excited to um, make the stuffing and the cranberry sauce and the horseradish and Whatever Alice decides to bake out of this book would be awesome.
1: <laughs> that, that's amazing, but it was so much fun to talk to all of you. Let's eat recipe for kids who cook. We're going to get everyone on uh, Master Chef Junior. Uh, we want everyone to go out purchase this. It's a fun choose your adventure uh, style book with bold, colorful photography. Uh, The kids are going to advance quickly from after school snacks and summer picnics. The next thing you know, they're going to be providing their parents breakfast in bed, and full course, family dinners.
10: (laughs) I can can attest to that fact.
1: uh, That's what I'm talking about. Have yourselves a great night. It was such a a pleasure talking to you all. Uh, You
10: you too.
1: Have a great holiday. Thanks so much. Bye bye. -bye. That was was fun,
6: Don. Got the whole
1: family involved. The kids were great but
0: Korean Korean corn
1: dog. I mean, good. Eight years old. I mean, where do you go from there? (laughs) Korean. (laughs) I mean, I I don't know what to do, but we're going to go from uh, an amazing sort of setup, having all the kids involved to, we want to have ourselves a great, great treat. And I'm so excited to uh, have Frankie Faison, and he's got an amazing, amazing product coming out, uh, has an amazing product, not coming out, it is out, you can purchase it, Frankie's Fabulous Granola. And uh, anyone who isn't aware, uh, this gentleman is an award-winning actor with some of the most iconic roles in film and television. Uh and I'm very excited that he's releasing this uh, wonderful product line, Frankie's Fabulous Granola. How's it going tonight, Frankie?
5: Oh, it's was great. Uh, can you hear me okay?
1: We can hear you perfectly, yeah.
5: sir. Fantastic. <laughs>
1: so, uh, after uh, two decades, that's right, two decades, Don, of create, crafting this recipe, you didn't mess
5: around. You wanted perfection, my friend. I did. And, it, and, it's, and it's actually four decades. Woo! From the beginning to this point. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's funny because we were just talking to a previous guest, the two two guests ago, we were talking about barbecue. Um, and I said, I don't trust anyone in barbecue unless the recipe has been passed down for generations. All well, right. I'll say that 40 years is a long enough time that I'm going to trust that you're putting out one quality product.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I mean, it, and it's evolved over the 40 years. You know, it's gotten gotten better and better and better and better. And now it's at the place where I think is at its best. So
1: tell us about uh, Frankie's Fabulous Granola.
5: Well, it's a gluten-free, nut-free, vegan, or ninety percent organic uh, granola, and I started making my own granola because I was never happy with the granolas that they, that I was getting in the stores. I mean, sometimes it was undercooked, sometimes it was too sweet, sometimes it was uneven, and all those things. And so, I, over the years, I started making my own and. Uh, that is what i've come up with and this is uh the recipe that i've been using it's uh, and it's a real it's i've been sharing this this granola with friends and acquaintances and 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 with uh colleagues for the last 40 years and every time i give it away to people they're very excited to have it and they always want more and uh, at some point my wife said um you know, uh, maybe I should think about, she's a, she's a, she has her own store. She has a pie store. Uh, she cooks sweet and savory pies, but she was saying to me, maybe I should put her granola, my granola in her store. And so I did. And uh, it's like really has lost none of its luster. It's still a very, very popular. So it's always off the shelves because I never had the time to continue to make it enough to keep it in there. So now we've, We're going to launch the Frankie Faison Enterprise, this granola.
1: That is awesome. I love that story. Mm -hmm. Now, I just heard you say that your wife, uh, pastry pie line, my oh my, did you luck out my friend. (laughs) I, I mean I, uh, yeah. th- that ha- it it was this one of the ways that she wowed you and you guys first met that it was uh, oh Frankie don't, let's have a little slice of this and you're like oh uh,
5: man actually it was I mean I know it's <laughs> it's a it's a terrible thing but true I uh, was well, she has this uh, like I said her pies are sweet and savory she does a Thanksgiving pie which is uh, turkey. Cranberry and uh, stuffing, all in the same pie, and it's like uh, I'd had that pie, and it was my go-to pie. I would eat it all year round. Even you know, it was just a magnificent pie. So, So, how many slices
1: was it until you said, "Will you marry me"? Was it after that first slice? Like, oh man, this is. I, I
5: I think she. I think she had me at turkey pie. To be quite honest, you know, it was like, well, okay. Yeah. So it was I mean, it's 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 an incredible pie. And she and she she has really helped me because my granola used to have nuts in them, but she has a she has a nut-free store. So I had to learn to make the granola without nuts. And so we instead of nuts now, I substitute coconuts. And when you when you when you when you crystal when you crystallize them and sort of bake them in, in with the um, with the granola mix it's it, you actually feel like you are tasting a nutty kind of flavor and it's like that thing has been I mean she's given me a couple of tips you know so so this i have to give her due credit for some of the tips she gave me to make a good granola even more more good. Is that a so word? So
1: the, the saying's true. <laughs> Behind every good man is a great woman, huh, Frankie?
5: Uh, I guess I better say yes to that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't don't go get getting in yourself trouble.
5: in trouble. It's no, too close no. to the holidays. It is way too close to the holidays. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you go really by good. that saying, don't you, Don? Yes, I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, dear. Yes, dear.
5: We're, we're all in agreement on that one. Yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's great
1: to hear. I, I, I love that story. But... Yeah. Uh, One of the other aspects of your uh, granola bar, which I really uh, found quite inspiring, was knock on wood. uh, I, I don't know what aspect it is, but I've heard on the news that it looks as though this strike could possibly be over. Oh, the strike ended. It's over. Uh, it is one hundred percent over. Thank goodness. Oh yeah,
5: yeah. They just need to vote on it, but it'll it'll be voted out. Yeah, it's it's done. So
1: that's uh, that's good. That's that, that's great. But I really loved how, with every bag of granola that was sold, you had a portion of the proceeds that you were donating to the SAG after emergency relief fund to help support individuals in the union because uh that was a long one that uh, it was
5: a long one and and everybody i mean and i felt that way because it's uh Look, usually I have given, you know, I give away hundreds and hundreds of bags on every project that I work on. I give it to the cast, the crew, directors, everybody, and they all of a sudden they be hunting me down trying to find me to get another bag because it really, you know, they really just, they like the qualities, the properties of the granola. It just, uh... It it just really touches a nice nerve on people, and so I figured that you know I'm launching this product product during the strike, and I may as well try to get. I want to give something back, and I think that uh, giving is a very it's a very honorable thing to do, and uh, especially to those who are going through such a very very difficult time.
1: Yes, I mean uh, Donato has made no secret of it. Uh, Donato is uh, runs. Uh, coffee business one of the most successful in uh, Philadelphia DNL coffee services but don previously was involved in a uh, union environment and there were protracted strikes at times correct yeah. donato yeah. so
0: you know yeah, yeah. the struggle sometimes they yeah, go you go months without knowing when your next uh check's coming in or anything but uh thank God we all survived them and Moving forward, but it's it's uh, it's a trying time. People don't realize uh, what people have to go through to keep a good, fair wage for everybody. Well, yeah. and, and also not only that. I mean, uh, we're not going to talk a lot
1: about it, but I think uh, one of the things that I heard was uh, technology. It's a big deal. Artificial intelligence, uh, you, obviously, you, an actor's likeness and voice and image that that's pretty much your bread and butter and if people can use artificial intelligence to recreate you guys uh, yeah that, that's a problem
5: it's it's a huge problem it really is indeed and that's uh like you're taking the soul away from a person and you're giving it to um artificial intelligence to manufacture in any way it wants to. It's it's it, that was a tough one, you know. The arts. I've been in art. I've been in this business for over 50 years, and and that uh, that thing of being able to have your own individualness, you know, your your trademark, your key as to who you are. Those are the things that allow you afford you to be able to make a living in this profession. So that was really truly a very tough one indeed.
1: Yeah, I mean, and as you said, you've been involved in the industry for uh, 50 years and goodness gracious, some of the uh, projects and things that you've been involved with coming to America. I mean, comedy, uh, gold, do the right thing, uh, the wire, uh, the rookie feds, I have to say uh, the wire, my goodness gracious, uh, this is just my opinion, many people have uh, opinions. But i truly think the wire changed television completely i think with the way that we watch netflix and scripted series or any streaming service the way that the shows are developed and and thought out in the way that they are I think it has a large portion to do with the way that The Wire was shown. That was, in my opinion, a, a, a breaking through what anyone thought storytelling could or should be. Uh, that w- That was quite a series.
5: Yeah, it was groundbreaking in a lot of ways. And it was such a... Such a rewarding series for me to do. I mean, and it touched so many people and it still goes on and on. And, you know, they, they're even using it as a te- teaching tool in certain schools, many, many universities. And, uh, to know that that, that that, 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 that series will go on forever is very dear to me in my heart. It makes me feel very proud to have been a part of that for sure. Yeah
1: i mean it's 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 a legacy that you will be remembered forever i mean it's it, there's certain individuals within entertainment that you and even sports figures that you talk about that go all the way back hundreds of years and uh, that will be as you said talked about do you remember what your first audition was it, it, it i would have to think that that leaves a legacy, a leaving impression f- for the entire career that that first time that you said, this is what I want to do. This is the career I want. What was that first audition you ever stepped into?
5: <laughs> do you mean for a professional job? or For a what professional job. What was it that drew you? <laughs> Wait, what was it? What what was it? An ad? Did somebody
1: ask you? Because obviously Something drew your attention and you said, you know what, I'll try it, sure.
5: Now, my first thing was because back then, back in the day, uh, you, when you graduated, I went to NYU School of the Arts. And when I got out uh, uh, School of the Arts, you go around and you audition for agents. And then those agents, uh, if they really like you, then they will sign you and then they would submit you. My first agency was with the J. Michael Bloom Agency. And uh, the first first thing that I ever read for um, um, is kind of unclear to me because at the time I was reading for commercials, I was reading for TV, I was reading for film, I was reading for theater. Back in the day, I did mostly theater, which, has, which is still the thing that I cherish the most. And so it was. I can't even remember. It was a very exciting, whatever it was. I know that I was just tickle pink, but I felt very prepared because I had done all my homework, had trained and studied, and I was ready to go out there and, and face that uh, face that uh, situation. So that's great. It was exciting. Yeah,
1: that that's yeah. great. And l- like you said, theater. Goodness gracious, that's the real deal of acting. There's there's no cut there's no up oh, let's do that again uh it, it's it's lights and camera yeah. action <laughs> and the crowds right there and
5: yeah. <laughs> there's no taking
1: yeah. back anything
5: yeah and that adrenaline that excitement is that has lasted with me throughout my career even to this day i mean i'm like I'm itching and dying to get back on stage whenever i can because to me that is the true test that is the ultimate place where an actor has control over what he does as opposed to you know editing and all you know and things like that but it's like there once you go out on that stage it's just you and that audience and you have to be you have to bring it so to speak and so theater always remains and hopefully will remain the truest art form for me, the thing that I enjoy doing the most.
1: That's great. And uh, I'll ask one other question acting wise, and we'll get back to the granola. Who was your inspiration? Who was it that drew you to the business? I'm always interested to find out uh, when people say, uh, who was it that inspired them?
5: Well, there are certainly a lot considering the time. Um, I mean, I was this we're talking about for me the 1960s, and there weren't a lot, there weren't a lot of people of color that were really, you know, being prominent doing things. But the one who inspired me the most, of course, was Sidney Portier because you got to see him do his work. And then as soon as I got a little older, I was exposed to James Earl Jones. And so between the two of them, they have really been my sole inspiration legends uh, I, Legends, and i even go way back even beyond that to the years of the television show amos and andy that was you know sort of broad, broad brilliant brilliant kind of uh theater television kind of thing those guys inspired me to see people like myself getting out there doing that and making a living it, those were my inspirations that's great but, that's great yeah i mean so. it, it
1: it it makes you sometime go back and you're just like man it, it, it it's crazy to think of the way things were and how things have changed and we really have been able to change the entertainment medium and it's really become Something that everyone can enjoy in one form or another, thankfully, and yeah, uh, it, it, it really has uh, transformed uh, uh, us and and the world. But let's get back to to granola. So obviously, you said it's been about fifty years in the making, as well as in granola. So, was the first time you ever made granola? Was it because you were? Uh, it, an NYU grad student. You're like, you know what? Going down to the corner store is getting expensive. I better start making my own. What was it that made your first creation of granola?
5: Well, someone introduced me to it and they said, this is stuff. Try this. You know, it was back in the back in the 70s. You know, everybody was into all the hippie stuff and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so they gave it to me and I tried it. And I liked it. You're you're lucky it it was just granola in the 70s. (laughs) I I will go no further. (laughs) But But it was really, I mean, it was really, I mean, I enjoyed it. You know, it was a nice thing. You know, you can have it as a cereal. You could have it in your yogurt or have an ice cream or whatever and but something was missing for me from that granola and it wasn't uh until someone introduced me and said look try this i made it myself i'm like oh you can make your own granola i never it never a light that light bulb never went out for me that you can make your own and then they say yeah i make my own and i can give you this recipe you go out and do it yourself and i was a very a person who loved to cook even back then i've always loved to cook and bake so I said, okay, I'm going to try my own. And I started doing it. And from that very first batch, people seemed to take to it. And it was just, it became very popular. And wherever I was, whatever I did, I would have some to share with my colleagues and friends. And they would like to say, it would always be very welcome. And then it just started to grow and get out of hand because it was just <laughs> like it it really was. I mean, I mean. The last show I was doing I must have made at least a thousand bags of granola the directors ask, their director asking where's Frankie they're like ah, he's, he's over here making
1: some more granola wait a little <laughs> while
5: <laughs> that is the truth I mean it's almost like not let me get me Frankie phase on the actor get me Frankie phase. I the granola maker and they <laughs> really did take they really did take to it. And, and I you know I I'm happy because to report, that I do not think that they were doing that just because I was a colleague, because I was an actor in this and that. I think that they really did cherish this stuff because I told them, I don't want you to eat this and say you like it just because of me. I want you to like it because of what it is. And and uh, in most, just about every case I can imagine, that is what they did. They took to the product. And that makes that made me very happy because whenever I'm down and out or anything like that, I can always get into my kitchen and start making the granola and knowing that I'm going to be sharing it with uh, people at large. And it just uplifts me to a point that's that just it's unbelievable. It's, that's great. Uh, yeah,
1: that's great. Now, I'm going to ask you one of the ingredients because we don't want to give away all the secrets, but I. Uh, one of my kryptonites in granola because i do enjoy a good granola uh, uh first i ask you don what's the one ingredient in granola that you like if you like granola i don't even know if you like granola don what's the one ingredient that you really really like in granola
0: i, I like the uh the, the crunchiness of the i like i like nuts of mine okay well yeah i i agree but
1: the one ingredient I personally is vanilla bean, just sprinkled little vanilla bean in there. Does yours have vanilla bean in it, Frankie?
5: I do not use vanilla bean. I use vanilla extract, a little bit, just a tiny bit. That's but fine. Don mentioned the crunchiness. Now that's that's key in in my granola and and any good granola uh, because you don't want to eat granola that's sort of like oh you know you put it in your mouth and it goes it disappears my granola maintains its crunchiness. And you will, whether you put it in milk, whether you put it on ice cream, whether you just eat it out of the bag, it's always crunchy. And that's, I think that's one of the things that 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 differentiates my granola from a lot of the granolas that are out there. It, the way I bake it, the way, uh, I mean, it's well baked uh, and it's crunchy. And, and And also another thing is the flavor. When you eat a good granola, you don't want to have that aftertaste in your mouth after you've, you know, after you've eaten it. You want to have a nice, clean, vibrant taste. And my granola, it uh, it checks all of those boxes. If I do say so myself, and I've heard it from other people. So, so obviously,
1: good. I mean, like you said, when you're on set. Uh, uh, On all these movie sets, The Wire, uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs, uh, True Colors, uh, everything you've been on, you're throwing thousands of batches out to everyone there. And since you've launched it, it's become wildly successful. As you mentioned, it's selling out uh, with with, uh, your wife's location as well what are the future plans to expand the brand? Because obviously y- you might have to give up acting. I- I'd hate to say it, but I mean.
5: <laughs> you know, and that's another thing. It's it, 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 everything, every bag that I've given away, everyone who's ever eaten my granola, has they've eaten it from the mix that I've made myself with my own hands. And I get very nervous, and I even spoke to my wife about this. I get very nervous with turning it over to a big, factory of sorts because i wanted to really represent me so it's been you know it's been very tough for me to sort of let it go but i will have to let it go because we're going to be doing a launch next year a launch next year we're going to be in um um we're going to be i'm going to be making it in mass and putting it out available to people to order online and all that kind of stuff and uh it's um it's it's but it's kind of scary because i can't be in control of every single bag that goes out for the first time it'll be you know other other kitchens that might will be making my granola. so that's uh that's shaky but i i believe that it will hold up i think that people you know they'll make sure it gets in the right kitchen and they make it right and it'll be representational of who i am and what i've always um, it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be the it'll be, spirit. It'll be the spirit. Of spirit. It. And,
1: and I think that, like you said in the right hands and good quality control, it's going to be able to be replicated, but it's sort of like letting your first child go and they leave and you don't have uh, control of that product anymore. And, 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 it, and it is a scary thought, but I, th- I think it's going to be wildly successful, mm-hmm. uh, I I have to say, Frankie, it has been such a treat uh, talking to you. Uh, If you're ever in the Philadelphia region, give us a shout. And if you're launching in the Philadelphia region, me and Don will be happy to have you come around Philadelphia. I know you uh, do the West Coast and the East Coast. So uh, uh, whenever you're down here, uh, give us a shout. We've got lots of great food and uh, locations down here. But before you go, If you uh, I have two quick questions to ask, Uh, I want to know who's your favorite actor you've ever worked with and you've been in acting a long time. Who's the one actor that if you had that
5: wish you could work with? Wow, I mean that's oh, those are tough questions. The we tough, don't ask the easy ones tough. here, Frankie. That's why you we save that one to last. <laughs> you know. You know. <laughs> I could very easily just say um the um my favorite actor that I work with will be the next actor that I work with in the next project. <laughs> and I would say and I would say the answer to the second part of that would be um uh, what was the second part? It was who, who would, well, who's your
1: who's the wish? Who's on the wish list? Is there anyone oh, on the wish list that you want to collaborate
5: the only, with? The only person I would have on my wish list that I would want to collaborate with would be the actor that I haven't worked with yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's because I've had such a great time. I've worked with so many um, amazing actors. And I'm always just enjoying the work. If they come in with the hit with their mindset right to do the work, I'm there with them, you know. And being a stage actor, you you sort of learn that from you know from an early point in your career that you know it doesn't matter the pedigree of who the person is as long as they have some training and they have the willingness to come and meet you and uh, try to get the job done. And I just I love well, acting. And I love actors. And so that's my answer. And I'm not going we'll, we'll to <laughs> We'll accept
1: that answer.
5: We'll accept that.
1: But uh, F- uh, Frankie Faison, Frankie's Fabulous Granola. Be on the lookout for a nationwide push next year. Until then, uh, go check it out at the uh, Pastry Pie Bakery. Uh, please share a website, a social media. If you want to mention any project that you're working on that we should keep an eye out for please mention before you go sir
5: well the i'd like to mention the website is uh www frankiesfabulousgranola.com um and we will be taking orders on that website as well but you can go there and you can see things you can even see little videos of me making the granola doing my doing my uh, my spiritual granola chant which is something you would not want to miss let me tell you <laughs> i bless every batch that i ever make um and um, the that's that's um that's where you and all oh, projects for myself right now i'm just starting a new project which i think is a fabulous project i can't wait to get it out this is called killing castro and it was it's a story a true story that took place in harlem in the 60s when fidel castro came to the united states for some kind of meeting and um it he ended up taking a hotel uh stay at this rundown sort of hotel in harlem called the teresa hotel and it's a part of history. And during this meeting, he met Malcolm X and he was you know, hounded by the FBI, CIA, the president of the United States. Every, I mean, it, was, it brought up a lot of attention to Harlem. And this subject matter is not covered in the history books that I know of. And I'm just happy to be doing that project so that I can expose it to people so that they can see and learn this part of history.
1: Awesome. And do you have a distributor yet that we should keep an eye out for? Will it be theatrical, television?
5: It'll be a film, and it's just begun. You know, we've just started shooting filming last week. You know, we're just awesome. in one week of filming, but look out for it. I think it would be, I think it'll be an amazing project for people to see. Well, we
1: can't wait, sir. It was a pleasure and an honor to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us.
5: Thank you so much for having me. and I can't wait for you guys to try my granola. Me either. me either. All All right. Right. Gonna me me either. I'm going to go watch that video. I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. Take Have care. Have a great night. Bye right. bye. Bye, Don. Take care. Bye. Thank
1: that you. was fun. That was so, great. So, Don, going from one great uh, guest to the next. I mean, this has been one heck of a show. That sure has. I... We've got Lee Dixon, known as the Platter Girl. And has a new book called Mostly Plant-Based Platters and Boards, Gorgeous Spreads for Clean Eating and Great Gatherings. And boy, oh boy, good timing, huh, Don, for uh, great gatherings and uh, good boards because we've got a busy week coming up,
0: don't we? Especially with Thanksgiving and everything. You're not
1: kidding. And the holidays, multiple holidays. How's it going tonight, Lee?
12: Hey, it's going great. It's Leah.
1: Leah. So I'm so, for so, having me. I'm sorry about that. We were bound to mess up somebody's name <laughs> I'm tonight. I'm still
12: thinking about granola. I'm signing up for Frankie's newsletter right now. So <laughs> I'm like, I gotta get this granola.
1: <laughs> was it was it the dance that convinced you? <laughs>
12: Yes, yes, it was. It
1: was, it was, it was the blessing uh, uh, through the dance. But he's he's such a great individual. He's, I mean, fifty years in the film and television and uh, theater industry. I mean, he's an icon, true, truly.
12: That's awesome. Uh,
1: but uh, talking about uh, as we were mentioning platters and boards, I mean, mm-hmm. this is. Uh, Are you all charcuterie
12: fans? (laughs) Are you making boards yourself?
1: Listen, I don't make the boards, but I sure do respect a good-looking one, and I like to eat off of them.
12: (laughs) I completely understand that. Completely. (laughs) I was on that side for a long time, and I said, you know what? I have to make one. They're just so cool.
1: And the good thing about this one, and I should probably spend a little bit more attention in your book because mm-hmm. this features 60 delicious vegetarian grazing designs and platter starters that are easy to put together and guaranteed to please. Cause uh, my, the, the the board that I'm eating off of probably my doctor is not agreeing with <laughs> me grazing yeah. off of them.
12: Totally. And that's exactly why I wrote this book was to show a different side of charcuterie that is actually healthy and has actually helped me personally lose. I I lost over 115 pounds through eating this way and through changing my lifestyle with my business. So I'm a personal walking testimony that you can eat charcuterie every day and lose weight, be healthier, and feel better, and be just your best happy self.
1: So obviously, uh, you were inspired, you, you got a little bit healthier, you really transformed uh, your habits and l- lost quite a bit of weight. Mm-hmm. What started you to start sharing these boards <laughs> on Instagram? I mean, because th- that's sort of a personal journey, but then now you're sharing it to the world. What, what got you yeah. started to do
12: that? It all happened all at the same time. I didn't it all started with me posting on Instagram. And to be honest with you, I sucked at making boards when I started. <laughs> they were so ugly. They were so ugly. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm, you know, throwing together what I thought was supposed to be on there, not really knowing anything about pairings. Um, just you know, I'm a mom. I have three kids. So when I'm raiding my pantry for nuts and crackers and whatever. I'm finding Cheez-Its. I'm finding little fun candies, um, peach rings, or just really fun ingredients that made my boards really colorful and fun. And so as I was making them, I decided every one that I make, I'm going to post it on Instagram, Mm -hmm. every single board. Good or bad. Good or bad, but ugly, <laughs> that lightning, every single day, I'm going to post a board, whether it kills me or not. It might have killed me uh, some days, but I was going to post it. So, for 2000, I started on New Year's Eve 2019, was when I created my Instagram account. And I had only been making boards just for my family just since that prior Thanksgiving. And uh, I started posting them online, and that first year I gained about fifteen thousand followers. Wow! Yeah, and and I joined in with just a bunch of other charcuterie people, influencers, and just other. uh, That was the year of the pandemic. If you don't, if you couldn't, right? But what were people doing? Everybody was at home, and there was a lot of people on social media looking for ways that they could do it yourself. Anything, cooking recipes, charcuterie boards. You were seeing all these crafters and people coming out of the woodwork with these really fun, creative hacks, kitchen hacks, home hacks. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is like perfect. I'm going to start posting and making, you know, making connections and developing a community on social media during this really terrible time. And it just I've never I haven't stopped.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, you, you obviously resonated with people. It was good timing. And it's yeah. similar to some of the previous guests that we've uh, had on tonight when uh, uh, they started a cocktail business because people wanted pre-mixed cocktails during yeah, the yeah. Uh, exactly. uh, pandemic. Now, Don, Don is Italian, full-blooded. Uh, I've Uh-oh. been to, I've been to some of uh, Don's <laughs> parties and Don, you do put on a very beautiful board, but it's not really th- what
12: I do. It's a little different. I'm but, curious if he's judging me. How no, are you judging not me on all. the word charcuterie? <laughs> no, but
1: not at all. Don, I, I think that you would really do well with this because I think you're in the same boat as me, Don, because I think you're part of the reason why I get in trouble when I visit my doctor is. I think it'd be good to have a little bit of a healthier twist on some of these. Don't you agree?
0: Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, the, the pursuit and all the other lunch meats. Ah. yeah
12: just have them in moderation but then you pack the board with a bunch of fruits veggies yummy dips plant-based dips hummus is plant-based you know spinach artichoke dip jellies honeys and things to pair with the cheeses and meats and you kind of make it go a lot further than if all you have is just meat cheese
1: and i mean the, the way that you presented the one thing that I thought about when I was flipping through the book and I'm looking at some of these pages and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, if I took the time out to make a board look this nice, I wouldn't want anybody to take anything off of it because I would want this to look on my table like this for probably a week. So people would be coming into my house and be impressed.
12: <laughs> well, yeah. Hello. What I, that's why I have to take a picture or a video of it to prove that it happened before my husband gets into it. And that's where the social media piece came in. And honestly, I, my first year when I started doing it, I'm making the boards and everything. And yeah, I was taking pictures, but I fell in love with taking pictures of food. And then it sort of developed into my own sort of style of how I styled my boards. I developed a five-step method for making my boards, which I teach. So that's where it's like platter girl is a style.
1: I think you would become very fast friends for, with one of our correspondents. (laughs) Don't you agree, Don chef, uh, chef Beth Esposito. Mm. She's a private chef and she posts boards that she does for private catering events for her, Uh her fancy friends. I like to call them. And I have those too. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Gotta
12: love your fancy friends.
1: I think that the two of you would just make the perfect combination <laughs> of a party because she is known for the excess of mm. the colossal, colossal sized shrimp on a board and this and yes. that. And you guys would sort of yes. yin and yang yourselves at a party. Yeah. I think that would be the perp, Don't you, Don? I'd I love it. I, I think it would be a great idea. Well, it, it's invite
12: it's, a, Invite me to Philly. Come on. Uh,
1: uh, hey, I'll uh, <laughs> you come anytime, and I'll I'll, I'll share uh, your information with Chef Beth, and I'm sure she'd be Please more do. than happy to have you come down to one of her private parties.
12: I would love that.
1: <laughs> so I'll I'll share that with her, and I, and it's pink garlic, correct? Isn't that her? uh
12: mm. yeah,
0: pink garlic. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's pink, and she's she's on uh, national television all the time for a lot of her creations. She's uh, creating all sorts of food styling and things like that. So yeah, give give her a look. We'll, we'll we'll give we'll give her a shout. But we want to go into becoming an expert at a board. So Ooh. Chef Beth isn't here, so she can't give her two cents. <laughs> so we've got to go to you as our expert.
12: I'm here. I'm here. What do you?
1: What want advice? would you give to get started on laying out your first platter or board? Because I'm horrendous at it. Uh, Don's pretty good. I mean, but I, I'm going to be honest. I think Lisa's probably doing the majority of the work. I'm not going to give you that credit, Don. Uh, I
0: need the final touches. <laughs> yeah, called eating, eating it, eating it. <laughs> yeah. Marrying it from one from the kitchen to the table. Yep, that's the final touch. So, <laughs> what w- w-
1: what's right. the advice of our first one, and All what's right. the mistakes we definitely want to avoid? Because well, I.
12: So many mistakes over the last few years that I've done this. The first year that I did this, I made a thousand boards and that was my trial period. And through that time, I developed this five step process for making boards. And this is what I teach. It's called the eat beautifully method. It's five steps and all it's you can make a board uh, just for yourself feeds you one, two, three people or whatever, up to a ginormous, huge 12 foot, 20 foot grazing table. And I do this and I use this method on giant grazing tables or just for little boards that I make at home for me and my family. And it starts with your cheese and dishes. So you have to build a foundation on your surface. So whether you're building on a small wood board, a platter lined with parchment paper, which I love to do, by the way, I love to just find really cool platters, trays, just, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a woman. I love to shop. Finding really cool, unique uh, vessels to put my charcuterie in is really, really fun for me. But line it with parchment paper. But whatever you're using, whether you're using your kitchen countertop, your dining room table, or a board line it with parchment paper or not, whether you need it, and then you're using your cheese and your dishes to create a foundation for the entire platter. So for me, I think, okay, for a platter for me and a few friends, four to six people, I'm probably going to choose three to five cheeses and two to three dips. The dips could include honey or jelly or even some kind of dip that we're going to dip some veggies in, like I said earlier, like a hummus or spinach artichoke dip. Now there's so many yummy dips out there, you know. Even you know, like street corn dip at Costco and Bitchin' Sauce. I don't know if you have that out there, but I'm kind of obsessed with Bitchin' Sauce right now. <laughs> you need to have Bitchin' Sauce send you a whole array of their sauces because it's so good.
1: <laughs> That's the secret. That's the secret sauce.
12: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, olives in a dish and honey, and and uh, got to have like some kind of pickles, something pickled. Cornichons, olives, and whatever you're gonna get all of those things in little dishes, and your cheeses are gonna be spread out on your board or your surface, making sure that you leave room for some of the other ingredients, and and spreading it out on the board, giving it like a nice balance. That's gonna give you the foundation for all the other ingredients to kind of pile on top. Then we go to our meats. So whether you know salami slices or sort of like salami chub, and you're gonna slice it, slice it up, and pile those meat piles kind of like on the platter in little groups folding your salami do you all know how to make a salami rose do you know about this fancy thing
1: that would be a negative on my part <laughs> I have a negative here too
12: <laughs> so that is like the major trend over the last couple of years in charcuterie there's with social media there's trends in charcuterie so everybody wants to learn how to make a salami rose Everybody wants to learn how to cut a brie wheel into this fancy way that we do it. And there's all these really fun trends that kind of come and go throughout the seasons. Right now it's fall. So there's all these like turkey trends.
1: I've learned uh, through this show, Don, that with all of these trends, I feel like a complete failure because I can't do any of them.
12: (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe after my book, you can.
1: (laughs) This will be my this will be the secret to my success.
12: (laughs) I mean, I would hope so. I mean, I've laid it all out there for you. If you can't make a board after this, like at least semi decent, then I, I'm a failure. Okay.
1: We will Fine. no. We we will never record ever again. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, if, if I'm not successful after reading this book, Don, we're retiring.
0: <laughs> I think you'll be a success, Derek. <laughs> well,
12: but this I think doesn't even have salami in it. It has a couple. Of sal- There's one board in the book that is a big party board for it's called the friends and family circle. And that one has the salami roses in there and you can see, and there's also a mango rose and it shows you that process. So there's ways to swap out. If you wanted to make a lighter version of a charcuterie board, instead of using salami to roll a rose, use dried mango slices or cucumber slices or strawberry slices, or using some of the just other lighter ingredients that still lend that same aesthetic appeal. Oh
1: yeah, and in one of them, the one that I really love aesthetic-wise, it's just gorgeous. Uh, And like I said, you talk of the town as soon as anybody comes in and sees it is the papaya platter. (laughs) Oh yeah. That that one really got me, it's like, yeah. Uh, (laughs) But. The all Like we said, th- this is going to be, as we said, purchasing this book. It's perfect for the holidays. We've got a lot of events. We want to not only dress to impress, but we want to feed fabulously all of our friends. Uh, you'll have platter magic. Uh, you're going to be able to do everything. The platters, the dishes. You'll get style points, uh, platter <laughs> shapes, the, decorative trays and baskets unconventional boards you will get it all in this book it's mostly plant-based platters and boards gorgeous spreads for clean eating and great gatherings couldn't be a better book for the time of year uh, everyone go out and get it uh leah dixon the platter girl uh So wonderful to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, We had such a great time. Uh, Please feel free to share a social media website or anything like that before you go.
12: I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. Our pleasure. Bye-bye.
1: Have a great night. All right, Don. Well, that, that was fun. Yeah. So, uh, why don't you end it up? This was the last show for 2023. It was enjoyable. Thank you for everything uh, you do, Don. Lots of great events, lots of food we talked about.
0: And uh, wrap it up. You start, and I'll end. Okay. Um, I'm Donato Marino with DNL Bean to Barista Service. I can be reached at 215 365 5521 through Facebook, or you can look us up on dnlcoffeeservice.com. I'm um, Derek
1: Tim of BlueGenefood.com. Uh thanks again, everyone. Uh, we were tickled. Uh we were voted best of the best. Philadelphia Arts and Entertainment, Philadelphia. Uh, Metro Philadelphia that was A real honor to be named 2023's best of the best Arts and entertainment Uh, We will publish our Schedule and upcoming shows Sometime in 2024 Uh, Looks as though our first show could Possibly be near the end of February If that changes we will send out Any updates Uh, thank you To all of our guests lots Of guests awesome awesome Guests tonight Don that was a Exciting way to end 20 Twenty-three. uh once again uh pleasure don always fun to hang out with you and uh see you again in the new year everyone have a uh, happy safe and wonderful holiday season this is a small lights and before i go i didn't upload the joke go to jokeland.com jackie the joke man Martland. he does provide us jokes uh, check out where he's uh, touring uh, catch him uh, one of his shows got lots of jokes subscribe to his many uh, different channels jackie the joke man Martland. always been a, a great partner of small Bites radio have a great night
0: good night everybody have a nice holidays coming up